Welcome to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Tonight featuring Coast to Coast AM from December 12th. 1996. From the high desert and the great American Southwest, I bid you all good evening, good morning, or whatever, as the case may be, across all these many, many time zones, from the Hawaiian and Tahitian island chains in the West, racing across this great land to the Caribbean and the U.S. Virgin Islands, south into South America, north to the Pole, and worldwide on the Internet, this is Coast Coast AM. I'm Art Bell. Hi there, everybody. Great to be with you. Coming up this morning, a kind of a sequel to um, the whole Gulf War syndrome. In case you thought the Gulf War was only the problem of those who were there, how sadly mistaken you are. It's in the news everywhere, and I've got Joyce Riley with me this morning. And she will tell you what's going on with the Gulf War. And the answer is a whole bunch. I, mean, I know you've seen uh, a lot about it in the last week. What you may not know is that it may affect all of us, not just those that were there. And so Joyce Riley coming up in a moment. The audio subscription service of Coast to Coast AM has a new name, Coast Insider. You'll still get all the same great features for the same low price. The package includes podcasting, which automatically downloads shows for you, and the iPhone app. You'll also get our amazing download library of three full years of shows. That's over a thousand shows for you to collect and enjoy. If you're a fan of Coast, you won't want to be without Coast Insider. Visit coasttocoastam.com to sign up. Now, let's go back to the night of December 12, 1996, on Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. All right, uh, Joyce Riley, who is she? Graduated from the University of Kansas in 1971, Bachelor of Science in Nursing. Has held positions in nursing education, doctor of nursing, and most recently a staff nurse in a heart, liver, and kidney transplant unit. Became a flight nurse, USAF Reserve, uh, the Air Force, 78 to 80, volunteered in 91 for Desert Storm. Did not go to theater of operations, though, because the ceasefire, as you'll recall, came very quickly. Flew active duty missions with the Air Force from January, uh, make that, uh, yes, January to July of 91. Then Joyce became ill, uh, no doubt as a result of those she had treated and uh, was hospitalized in December of 91. Has given seminars and lectures at the NIH, that's the National Institutes of Health, House of Representatives, Duncan Hunter's uh, Committee, University of Texas School of Law, and has done national seminars on the nurse advocate. She presently is the spokesperson for the American Gulf War Veterans Association and full-time nursing consultant for nursing and medical malpractice issues. Here from, I think, Idaho is Joyce Riley. Hi, Joyce. Good evening, Art. Good evening. Uh, great to have you back again. Uh, yes. your, your first appearance stirred up... Uh, a hornet's nest. Well, I must tell you, I'm sure glad to hear that. 
I am very pleased to hear that, and it's time. It is absolutely time. All right. Since you were last on, I mean, we'll cover some of that same territory we did last time, but since you were last on, it seems like the Gulf War syndrome or the whatever it is has been in the news just about every day. Well, that's correct, and I don't think there's any story right now that is receiving as much information that leads you to believe that there is and then the next day that there isn't a problem. And they're using the old technique, it appears, of presenting the thesis, the next day the antithesis, and then confusing people. I mean, there has been so much um, misinformation, so much uh, dilution of information, that I really feel it's very difficult for the American people to understand what's going on. It is. I mean, one day you will see some of the testimony on Capitol Hill or... Uh, some study is released showing uh, that uh, X number of percentage uh, of the uh, vets who were there are sick. The next day, you hear something about somebody who will say, well, the, uh, we still cannot uh, make any determination. In fact, I've heard, and we may never be able to. It is beyond me the kinds of uh, the leaps that they are going to. In fact, since we have talked, they have made the statement that again, after all the information that has come out, it appears that again, it is all in their head. It is a stress. Now, I cannot tell you, Art, what has happened to these guys, these men and women, since I talked to you last, in the frustration they are experiencing and being told by their country that there's nothing wrong with them as they die off. Mm -hmm. I mean, literally, they know they're sick, they know they're dying. But yet the government continues, and I say the government being the Pentagon right now and the Department of Defense continues to use every ploy that they can to enrage the military literally over their lack of compassion and understanding of this issue. Let's uh, get to a couple of stats. Joyce, can you give me some idea of what percentage of Gulf War vets are ill as compared to the general population? Okay, this is this is real hard to do, but I will give you the latest one that I just received from the VFW today. Okay. In that, they told me that their figure now, and this comes from one of their claim specialists, from um, looking at the entire um, military that served there, we had 700,000 troops that served in the Persian Gulf. Out of that, they now tell me that 200,000 have registered with the registry and uh, consider themselves ill. Wait a minute, how, a, a total of how many, please? That's what I was just told by the VFW. 200,000 out of the 700,000 troops are now ill. Holy mackerel. It's phenomenal. It is phenomenal to believe that we could have such a huge problem, such a huge impact, that we are not seeing the truth right before our eyes. Every, nearly every Gulf War veteran I talk to is ill. Nearly every one complains of not just minimal problems, but serious problems. And yet, we're still bantering back, doing hearings, sending out questionnaires, and there is no treatment going on, Art. That is the sad part. All of this stuff that's happening is, is, is resulting in no treatment. I saw an interview on CNN with a Gulf War vet uh, who was quite ill and who had gone uh, to the Veterans Administration and everybody could go to. And what they essentially told him was, you're concentrating on your health problems too much, get a life. Oh, I'm hearing that so much. In fact, I saw the autopsy report of one 26-year-old man recently, and he was told, now he's the 82nd Airborne, 
his mother was kind enough to share the information with me, and she told me that he was told by the VA that he just had apron strings that were too tight. Now, we're talking oh, about a young oh, man who oh, further... Oh, gosh. Who, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, who further deteriorated. And, and let me just tell you, she made a statement, and I, I, I must tell you how much I commend this lady. She lives in Salt Lake City, and she said to the doctor, she said, no, doctor, you don't understand. Guys in the 82nd Airborne don't have tight apron strings, or they wouldn't jump out of airplanes in the first place. Now, how dare we put our men and women in this position? Unbelievable. He eventually died. He was taken out of the VA in which she said, look, this is not a mental illness. I can tell it's not. He had been three months in the VA. She took him to the university uh, at Salt Lake at the medical school there. They did an MRI of his brain and found out that he had what is called the brain shrinking disease. He died February 1st of this year, and uh, uh, Greg was an incredible soldier uh, of who we can all be proud of. But this young man died a tragic death. What is the brain shrinking disease? Well, it's referred to as leukoencephalopathy. It is the um, white matter, the destruction of the white matter of the brain. Now, I recently had three letters in one week from Gulf War veterans. They were all between 26 and 29 years of age, and all of them had been diagnosed with leukoencephalopathy. Uh, we don't know a whole lot about it, obviously. I mean, this is something we haven't seen before, but I am hearing from some neurologists and neurosurgeons that this is very closely aligned to uh, mad cow disease. Uh, I don't know that much about it, but I do know that it's a disease that we should be looking at, such as Lou Gehrig's disease, just like MS, uh, just like um, uh, the other neuromuscular diseases that they say are very rare, and yet we have huge percentages of, of them among the military right now. Well, the diseases affecting the Gulf War vets, their families and now friends, um, are so hard to pin down. They're so different that last time we were talking, and I'll say it again this time, it leads me to speculate that if there is some commonality, it is kind of like AIDS in the sense that uh, it apparently goes to work on the immune system, whatever this is, and causes a variety of opportunistic things to happen. Is that your general assessment? Yes, it is. And I'd like to, again, take the opportunity to separate and, and make clear the difference between biological and chemical. Please. Because we're now being faced with the, uh, the, the misinformation that is creating, unfortunately, the problem of the disease here in the United States. Now, the chemical illness, first of all, is the one that the U.S. government, the Department of Defense, is wanting us to focus on. Right. The, the chemical illness can be something such as oil well fires, the effects of that. It could be the peridostigmine bromide, the pills that they took, nerve agent pills. It could be a result of the perithrin or the DEET, the pesticides, organophosphates. Now, the chemical fires are one issue, and yes, I believe they're a problem, and yes, I believe it's very important, but it is not a problem that you bring home to your family. So if you are exposed, exposed to oil well fires or mustard gas or uh, some type of nerve agent, you don't bring that home to your family Precisely. and give it to your spouse via sex, etc. Precisely. Here is the difference. The biologicals that they are not dealing with, in fact, USA Today just came out two days ago with a story, were biologicals used? In fact, ABC News, after I had an hour and a half conversation with them, 
went on record to ask the question for the first time this past week, were biologicals used? Now, you recall, Art, that when you and I talked, we discussed the significance of biologicals, the importance of why I believe it is creating a disease in this country. And the biological agent is the agent our troops were exposed to, which is a disease composed of either bacteria, viruses, uh, fungus, but it is a disease that you bring home and you can communicate. It is the very nature of a biological warfare agent to be able to spread the disease. And that's what's happening. So now we have a figure that this should astound you. And why weren't you being told about this? In 1993, before a committee, the Senate Banking Committee, Senator Don Regal stated at that time that of the Gulf War veterans they had contacted, 75% of them had already transferred the disease to at least one other person in their family. God. That figure is much higher now. We're finding at least 80% of all the troops now that contact me have spread the disease to at least one other person in their family. All right. Well, here's how I think it goes, Joyce. If you're uh, at the Pentagon and you're trying to manage a situation, which is what they do, uh, it's bad enough that you have to admit chemical exposure. Uh, however, that is nothing compared to admitting biological exposure because then... Uh, your liability, and I'll just use that word loosely, rises by a factor, uh, an incalculable uh, factor, actually, and because uh, it's going to be an ongoing situation. You can't keep that one under control. So I doubt very seriously they are ever, ever going to admit to biological problems. Well, I think that they're going to have to and have to very shortly for this reason. Too many people are becoming ill. You know, they are relying on the fact that the American public is too dumbed down, literally. And I've been told this. Uh, I was told by a VA director. He said, you don't even have to be able to add, was his statement, to figure out there's a Gulf War illness and the families now have it. But because the American people are so busy watching O.J. Simpson, mm -hmm. uh, they are not noticing that around them is a disease that is starting to take huge numbers of people. Joyce, it's news management. Look, uh, it doesn't relate, but we were having a big debate about guns in the United States, and uh, the news media continually showed on television what should have been a semi-automatic gun, and, of course, on TV, it was a machine gun. Well, we don't, uh, unless you have a license, have machine guns in the U.S., but they portrayed it and sold it to the American people as a machine gun, a bunch of baloney, but that's what most of the American people believe. And look, I watch CNN, I watch all the other newscasts. How many times have I seen the explosion at Camasilla? I've seen it again and again and again, and it's fixed in the minds of the American people that, well, maybe there were a few who got exposed to chemicals, and that's all they know about. Well, I think we need to talk about Camasilla also. That, that, that certainly deserves some time. Sure. Uh, you are exactly right. You see, a lie told enough times becomes the truth. It sure does. It does on the media, unfortunately. And my anger, my frustration right now is that I do listen to these phone calls day and night from men and women who serve this country. And recent, most recent, I got a phone call from a Navy SEAL. He was sick. He was angry. And he had just seen the videotape that we did. And in doing this videotape or in, in providing it throughout the SEAL team there, 
they had all become quite angry and thinking that no one has told them the truth. And he said to me, and he made this statement, he said, you don't lie to your Navy SEALs. And you know that is so true. You're going to see a backlash, unfortunately, among the military now. And I am not trying to create anything, but my God, they were they were placed in harm's way, brought back here, told there's nothing wrong with them, placed on Prozac, placed on Halcyon in the VAs. They have been told there's nothing wrong. You're just imagining this illness. Now they find out they've given it to their children. They may be having uh, malformed children or miscarriages. And, yes, they are angry. Their families did not consent to this kind of treatment. It is the beginning and the dawning of a new age, Joyce. Uh, that war, and uh, most particularly all future wars, are probably going to have biological agents in them, aren't they? Oh, I don't think there's any question. I think that they're now decreasing the amount of armaments that we're using in artillery because now it will be a war of bugs. Uh, and this was the first time. And there's a lot um, really banking on the results that came out of this. Um, if you will, this is somewhat of a controlled experiment. And I'm not saying it was an intentional experiment, but I am saying now the way that it is being monitored, the way the disease is being denied, is as if they want to simply document. The Persian Gulf Registry is a perfect example. These men and women are being asked to join the Persian Gulf Registry, at which time they believe they're going to get treatment. They do not. They get experimented upon. They get testing done. They do not get treatment for a disease. Uh, my husband and I just went down to the VA facility and again visited with a new group of Gulf War veterans that came through. The Houston VA facility is the second largest in the Gulf Registry program in treating Gulf War illness. They are, I must tell you, in Houston are only allowed to have three Gulf War veterans at a time in the Gulf War program. Wow. I know that seems bizarre. I know that seems incredible. It does. But we go through and, and, and meet each one of the new groups that come down there. In fact, the television station from Houston went over there and asked them, and they did admit there's only three at a time. Now, these young men are have been on waiting lists. The one that is there right now has been on a waiting list since April of 1994 to get in here. Now, this is why they keep saying the numbers are artificially lower than they really are. It's because they only treat three or four uh, in a facility at a time. When you go to them and you ask about this insane policy, how do they explain it? Well, I'll tell you what I was told by the VA administrator in Houston. Uh, I said, I took it, I, I was handing out my Gulf War information, as I always do when I go to the VA, and they don't like it, but I do it anyway. And uh, I want the troops to know the truth. And as I went up to the administrator, I handed him my package of documents, about 100 pages of the information that proves the cover-up of the Gulf War illness. And I said to him, sir, I want you to have a package of this information so you'll know what I'm saying. He said, I know what you're saying. And he said, and I know this is the worst cover-up of all. And he said, nobody seems to be catching on to what's going on. The administrator said this to you? Yes. He said, you don't need to convince me. He said, I know already what's going on. Now, I have had VA physicians call me, um, many VA physicians call me, especially after I was on your program. In fact, there have been so many responses, varied responses, um, of people saying, 
I support you. Don't stop. You're telling the truth. We need you out there, but I can't come forward because it would cost me my job. And these men and women, and I say to them, I'm sorry. If your job means more than the lives of the men and women that serve this country, I said, only you will have to face that. But I said, I cannot be quiet, and I cannot stop talking about this because I know it's real. Now, I did get a phone call from one VA, and I'm not going to say where because he asked that I not use his name. And he said, you gave a figure on the Art Bell show of 15,000 Gulf War veterans had died. And he said, I want to tell you, you were wrong. He said, it is much higher than 15,000. He said, the figure that you are talking about is only those that are essentially active duty. He said, if you add up all the Guard and Reservists on top of that, well, I don't know if he's right or not, but I will say this, that right now the United States government has put out a figure of 6,370 Gulf War veterans have died in service All right, in the Persian Gulf War. I'm sure the real figure is much higher. We'll get to it right after the break. You're listening to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time, on Premier Radio Networks. Tonight's an encore presentation of Coast to Coast AM from December 12th, 1996. to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Tonight featuring a replay of Coast to Coast AM from December 12th, 1996. If he's got his information together tomorrow night, Richard Hoagland. That's a kind of a question mark, so we'll see. In a moment, back to Joyce Riley. Let's go back to the night of December 12th, 1996, on Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Now, back to Joyce. Riley, Joyce, uh, how many Gulf War vets really have died? Well, we believe the, big, the figure to be over 15,000. I know that seems astronomical to people because, you see, you have not been hearing any stories about any deaths of any Gulf War veterans in the major media. 
Now, I was on with one of the uh, claims analysts from the VFW today in which he said my person being on the show is to argue the figure of how many Gulf War veterans have died. He said, I disagree with your figure of 15,000. My statement to, his, to him was, well, would 10,000 make you feel better or 12,000 or 5,000? You see, the issue is not the number. The issue is the U.S. government is denying that any Gulf War veterans essentially have died as a result of the war, other than the 143 that died during the Persian Gulf War, 100-hour war. Now, my problem with all of this is I am seeing autopsy reports of 26-year-old men, 27-year-old men, uh, uh, up to around 30, 35 years of age that shouldn't be dying of these kinds of diseases. Now, the uh, mortality rate, the morbidity rate, is even much, much greater. Now, with their own figure of being 200,000, and that does not even include the families and spouses. Of course, that does not even include the coalition forces that served alongside of us. And just recently, the checks came out and stated that their troops are dying. You know, America is going to have to understand that we have got to regain the accountability of our government and put it within ourselves. We have too long accepted the fact that somebody somewhere in Washington was taking care of all these things. Because when I put all of these facts and figures together, Art, and one day realized, my God, our military is dying, these men are vanishing, and nobody even knows why. There's a dark old joke about physicians burying their mistakes, and I wonder if that's what the Pentagon is doing. If you wait long enough, why they go away? Oh, I don't think that's any question, and I am sorry to have to say that, but I do believe that now. And, and here again, I usually give this uh, statement at the beginning, but I apologize to any Gulf War veterans that are hearing this for the first time. There is one young man who called me, not so young, but he called me after your program the last time, and I need to specifically say this because this is not easy to hear this when you're serving your country. You know, I served, and I would have done it again. Now, knowing what I know, I probably couldn't. But I believed in this country. My father was in the Air Force. My mother was in the Navy. We were a military family, or we believed in, in, in serving. And he called me. He said, he called me on the phone, and he said, Ma'am, I need to tell you I'm a 22-and-a-half-year-old uh, sergeant. He said, I'm a senior master sergeant in the Army. And he said, I just heard you on our bell last night. And he said, I've been sick. My wife has been sick. My daughter has been sick. And he said, I knew something was wrong. But he said, when I heard you say it, it all came together, and I knew it was the truth. And he said, ma'am, he said, and he started to cry. He said, ma'am, he says, I'm a big old black sergeant, he says. And I, he says, I love this country more than anybody. And he says, you know, ma'am, he says, I can take anything. I could have died for this country. He says, but you know, he said, I cannot remain in service knowing my country has betrayed me. And he cried on the phone, and it broke my heart. And please understand, I am not being anti-American, anti-government. Don't label me with those labels because I'm trying to get the truth out. You see, Art, some radio programs have been calling me and asking me to be on now and saying, gee, doesn't it feel good to be vindicated now, Joyce, mm. now that the truth is coming out? Well, you know, you see, I never did anything wrong. I don't have to be vindicated. I have been saying this very same thing for three years. I have shown this information to the major media. I have shown it to the House of Representatives, to the Senators, and no one had the guts to come forward with it. How many people have died needlessly that could have been saved? In fact, that's what Representative Shays said of Connecticut. 
He said, had Dr. Stephen Joseph of the Pentagon, who was the number two man in the Pentagon, told the Congress the truth, how many of our Gulf War veterans' lives could have been saved? I ask you, is this not treason? We are in a state of war right now. We are continuing to fight Saddam Hussein, and that is because Public Law 102-25 has not um, severed our ties from the war. We are still at war. And I ask you all, if we are in a state of war, and if our troops are getting sicker and sicker, and if they are not being treated when there is a treatment available, and if we are not bringing in the Kurdish rebels in this country, as we just did in Houston, to give them a new home, and we are bringing in, uh, bringing in Iraqi nationals to treat them with liver transplants in Oklahoma City, and if we are doing this for the enemy and we are allowing our troops to die, I am sorry, but I must say some very harsh things right here. Is this not Treason. Treason. According to Article 3, Section 3, Paragraph 1 of the Constitution. I've got a fact here from a less than sensitive listener named Ben who says simply, war is hell. War is hell. In other words, uh, people are injured or killed in all wars, and he's suggesting this is just war. Well, you know, that's interesting, and, and that's what we thought with uh, Vietnam War. And I must say that when Agent Orange was the issue, I bought into the media hype that, gee, the guys went over there, they got a rash on their feet, they came home, they wanted some compensation. Come on, guys, get a life. Well, that's what they tried to do to the Gulf War veterans also. But you see, our families did not agree to this. And our children did not agree to be born with Golden Heart Syndrome, with no arms, no legs. All right, what do we know about that? In other words, let us talk for a second about the spread from the Gulf War vets to their families, friends, acquaintances, whatever. Is that really happening? Oh, absolutely. Like I said, 80% of all troops now report having spread the disease to their spouses. In fact, the U.S. government has just now opened up the family testing program of spouses and children. Now, you understand they still say officially there is no Gulf War illness, but just in case, we're going to go ahead and test the families and the children. They've opened up at Duke University and Southwestern Medical School in Dallas, and many troops are calling me and asking me, should I send my family down there? Mm-hmm. It's a difficult question to answer. I know they're not going to be treated because I talk to them directly, and I ask the director of the program, if you find any illnesses, will you treat the Gulf War veterans' families? What do you think the nature of this is? That I mean, we're years down line now, years down line, and we've got the families getting sick, and if the families can get sick, Joyce, then it seems to me if this is infectious, they can infect other people, right? Oh, Absolutely. One of the letters that I got from 29 Palms, California, after your show, was a um, was from a man. Now, this is interesting because his wife had been married to somebody who was a Marine. Uh, she had been married to him uh, after the Gulf War. They got a divorce. She now married her new husband. Her new husband was the one contacting me because he now has the Gulf War illness. She has it, and their child has it that's been born since the war. He didn't bargain. For this disease, but it's spreading in secondhand and thirdhand now. We have a communicable illness. Now, here is where the U.S. government made their primary mistake: was not admitting to this initially. War is hell, and you know, if you come back, you say, "Okay, something happened over there. We don't know who used it. We don't know what it was, but we're going to make sure our men and women get treated." That would have been the honorable thing to do. I could have accepted my illness being related to the fact 
that something happened, let's get everybody treated. But they didn't do it. They immediately came out with a statement from the Pentagon stating, Pentagon says there is no Gulf War illness. They did not give them the benefit. They did not give them the treatment, and one has to ask why. Now this disease is spreading and spreading and spreading. We have a communicable disease that is AIDS-like in its, um, uh, in its very foundation. It is an immune disease. It is causing an immune problem with fibromyalgia being the result of it, chronic fatigue, Gulf War illness, and now the deformities of the children. And you see, if they had wanted to do the right thing, they would have said, let's treat them, let's get it stopped, but they didn't, and now it's spreading into the general population. Now, what do we do? Maybe they don't know how to treat it. Well, Dr. Garth Nicholson does, and Dr. Ed Hyman, and uh, Dr. Larry Goss of Walters, Oklahoma, know how to treat it. Now, this is, this is where we have to look at what is, if there is any, criminal intent. And I submit to you at this point, I believe there is. Now, I have been serving as an expert witness in medical malpractice cases over the past eight years. I know what it takes to prove up a case. Now, didn't, uh, wasn't there something the other day about a number of pages of a log of General Schwarzkopf's coming up missing? Those logs, called the NBC logs, Nuclear, Biological, and Chemical Logs, yes, yeah. are missing. The hard copies are missing as well missing. as the computer disks. Oh, my, both then. Yes. Now, interestingly enough, we have had some of these documents, and I am looking at the NBC logs as we speak. The NBC logs of CENTCOM, now here, now we need to sp spend some time on this, because this is where we bring in now the credibility of General Schwarzkopf. He was the Commander-in-Chief of Central Command. Central Command had the responsibility of keeping the nuclear, biological, and chemical logs. I have talked to those who worked on those logs. I know what some of the content is of those logs. And I can tell you categorically that there is evidence of biological and chemical usage on the battlefield. There is absolute evidence of chemicals and biologicals that were utilized on our troops. Now, General Schwarzkopf came out in the New York Times December 6th in a very well-done article by Phil Sheenan that said uh, he did not believe that Iraqi chemical weapons had anything to do with the mysterious health problems reported by thousands of veterans of the war. Hmm. Now, General Schwarzkopf, may I remind you that they still say no chemical weapons were used, and you just said that there were chemical weapons. He also made the statement that he knows some of the guys that have the Gulf War illness. Sir, may I remind you that the Pentagon has still said there officially is no Gulf War illness. It is really a result of stress. Now, General Schwarzkopf's credibility, I'm afraid, is really um, under question right now. Do you think he's lying? I know he is. I absolutely know he is, Art. Well, I, you know, I like to think myself a judge of character, and General Schwarzkopf surely seemed the loyal American, the real American, the honest-to-God real thing to me, and I hate to think he lied. I think that everybody does. This is part of what we don't want to crumble. We've got to believe in mommy and daddy. Uh, we don't want to believe our parents do those kinds of things because if now we bring into credibility or have credibility problems with Colin Powell and Norman Schwarzkopf and uh, George Bush, James Baker, Brent Skullcroft, uh, uh, all of these people that are supposed to be in charge of this country, then now what's going to happen to us? You know, the politicians are a different thing. I have no problem thinking they lied. But General Schwarzkopf, somehow that's one illusion that I'll be sorry to have burst. Um, where did he lie? 
What is well, the place that he has lied is in with respect to his information that he had uh, in the nuclear, biological, and chemical logs. You see, he was the commander-in-chief on the battlefield. He knew what was in those documents. He knew that they had reported uses of biological and chemical agents. Now, let me tell you that I had a uh, first-hand story that was provided to me, and I've had this on two different by two different uh, sources, that stated... Uh, we have seen deaths of chemical weapons on the battlefield. We transported them from Riyadh to Germany. We know they died of chemical weapons. Their skin was falling off. Now, this is mustard gas. Mm -hmm. If you have mustard gas, you have a chemical agent. If you have a chemical agent, then you cannot any longer deny the existence of biologicals and chemicals being used, as they did in their statement issued uh, by Shelley Cashvili and, and William Perry. Uh, the date of that was May of 1994, and it states, there have been reports in the press of the possibility that some of you are exposed. There is no information, classified or unclassified, that indicates that chemical or biological weapons were used in the Persian Gulf. Then I can go to the chemical and biological logs of uh, Schwarzkopf and show you the evidence of the capture of chemical and biological munitions on the battlefield. What was at Kamasia? We know chemicals were at Kamasia. Were there other things at Kamasia? That's a logical question. Well, that I can't answer, and that I don't have an answer for. I have talked, uh, two nights ago, I talked with the NBC uh, NCO in charge. That's the Nuclear, Biological, and Chemical NCO in charge of that unit at Kamasia in the 37th Engineering Battalion. Now, this is a unit that is quite ill right now. They have had five of their troops are now dead, and about 70% of them report to be ill. In fact, I gave a program here in Idaho last night, and one of those young men was at the program from the 37th. Now, here's what they're not telling you, Art. They want you to believe there was one little bunker that blew up in one place in Iraq, and, oh, my goodness, there's the responsibility for all of this. There's the accountability for why everybody's sick. Right. That is not true. Now, here's what they also want you to think, is that Camasia was just a little bunker. Camasia contained over 100 warehouses, each one of them the size of a Walmart. God. In that bunker... There was, according to the NBC NCOIC, who has, by the way, been told you didn't see what you say you saw by the Pentagon. He told me we blew up 7,500 tons of sarin gas. We blew up 2,500 tons of mustard gas. I said to him, did you know what you were going to blow up before you went into that bunker. He said, yes, and I reported my concerns about what we were blowing up. Now, the U.S. government says we've got a bunch of errant guys that went off, blew up a bunker. We didn't know they were going to do it. We didn't know what was in it. And we didn't know until June of this year, 1996, that they had actually blown it up. Now, here, Art, is where we have some real serious problems with the Pentagon because I can show you the after-action reports of Camasia that have been available for quite a while. Mm. These Camasia after-action reports show the real truth about what went on. Now, they say they just found it inside the Pentagon. This information has been out there. 
They have been lying to the public and distorting it. Now, one very important thing is that they again say there's no evidence of biological usage. I have in my hands a document that is listed as classified. I do not know if it has been declassified, and to tell you the truth, I really do not care at this point. Can you tell us where you got it? I got it from an individual that served, and it was a first-hand uh, account of someone who was there. That's all I can say at this time. All right. But I can give you the file name. In fact, ABC News contacted me, and I said, why don't you contact the Pentagon and get this document? And they said, well, they won't give me a uh, classified document. I said, well, I will, co I will give you the file name. You go ahead and ask them to give, you, give it to you because it's already out there. Listen to this. This is dated July 1991 from the Joint Chiefs of Staff in Washington, D.C., and it is addressed to about 40 different generals. Is this stamped classified, Joyce? Yes, it is. And it states the subject heading, Soldiers Killed with Biological Warfare. Okay. This is an info report, not finally evaluated, intelligent report, classified, Department of Defense. July 1991. This report is a, this gives a summary of 50 casualties of Iraqi soldiers that were killed with biological weapons. Now, let me tell you why this is extremely important. Iraqi soldiers. Iraqi soldiers, yes, sir. It is very important because this refers to 50 soldiers killed between Basra and Baghdad with biological weapons. Now, that is extremely important to our troops because that's where the 82nd Airborne was and the 101st Airborne. Absolutely. We're having so many deaths in that unit. Why? Now, uh, again, does this uh, report suggest whose biologicals killed the Iraqi soldiers? It states that they were killed by their own, it says, disease epidemics overwhelm Iraqi cities. Fifty soldiers were killed by their own biological weapons. Fifty soldiers died from sporulated anthrax spores exposure due to the destruction of one of the microbiological depots in the Baghdad military area that does development and production of biological weapons following bombardment with 2,000-pound bombs from B-52s. It goes on and on. Uh, it states that it was their weapons. doesn't make any difference because, see... No, it doesn't. It, they have made the categorical statement, there is no evidence, classified or unclassified, to prove the use of biological weapons. That is a lie. Now, I want to refer you... Joyce, can you fax that to me? Uh, we'll talk about that. You know, there's certain implications in faxing and sending off classified documents. Uh, so just please respect that. Uh, but I can certainly uh, get it to you. Well, what you've got is a bombshell. Yes, it is. That's a bombshell. Uh, it, if it is classified uh, information indicating Iraqi soldiers died from their own biologicals, then biologicals damn well were used. And you've got them in a lie, dead, cold, flat, in a lie. Are you at all concerned about releasing classified information like this? Uh, yes, I am. Yeah, I don't blame you. Hold on. We're at the top of the hour, and we will be right back. My guest is Joyce Riley. We're talking about the Gulf War. What? Syndrome? Disaster? There'll be more. You're listening to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Tonight featuring a replay of Coast to Coast AM from December 12th, 1996.
Networks presents Art Bell Somewhere in Time. Tonight's program originally aired December 12, 1996. Joyce Riley, RN, is reading a classified document. And she has some concerns about doing that. And I may have some concerns about her doing that here on the program. But what the hell? Life is short. Right, folks? Get back to where we started from? I don't think so anymore. I think we're way past the point of no return. Anyway, good morning. Back to Joyce Riley and that document in a morning. In, in a moment. In the morning, in a moment. <laughs> Streamlink, the audio subscription service of Coast to Coast AM, has a new name, Coast Insider. You'll still get all the same great features for the same low price, just 15 cents a day when you sign up for one year. The package includes podcasting, which offers the convenience of having shows downloaded automatically to your computer or MP3 player, and the iPhone app with live and on-demand programs. You'll also get our amazing download library of three full years of shows. Just think, as a new subscriber, over 1,000 shows will be available for you to collect, enjoy, and listen to at your leisure. Plus, you'll get streamed and on-demand broadcasts of Art Bell's Somewhere in Time shows and two weekly classics. And as a member, you'll have access to our monthly live chat sessions with George Norrie and special guests. If you're a fan of Coast, you won't want to be without Coast Insider. Visit coasttocoastam.com to sign up today. You never know what you'll hear on Coast to Coast AM with George Norrie. You know, there is terrorism out there. So in an effort to try to fight it or combat it, we give up these rights. I'm convinced that there are groups out there, sinister, powerful groups, that would create this terror to continue to control us. I think you're absolutely correct. But, of course... Anybody that's followed the process of government throughout history, once a government has been given a certain amount of power, it always seeks more. And to suggest that our government is different because it's America, I guess that just shows how historically ignorant the American people have become. Because in a real sense, these things are our fault. Americans are, in fact, now trading liberty for security. Every day, this is going to happen now in our future, that we're going to allow this. It's just a matter of time. Now, let's go back to the night of December 12, 1996, on Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Back now to Joyce Riley. Uh, Joyce, you've got a classified document. Uh, the document seems to be saying there were biological agents uh, in, the, uh, in the field, in the Gulf War, that killed Iraqi soldiers in a location where our troops were. It's a bombshell, if it's true. Would you go ahead and read it, please? The Iraqi authorities took about 100 soldiers to a hospital in Baghdad where doctors failed to treat them. Uh, the medical treatment failed. An Egyptian physician told Al-Hakika uh, that following his escape from the hospital and crossing the Syrian border that the microbe is still at the hospital and efforts in eradicating, decontaminating the area have not been successful. Uh, 
He added, the Iraqi soldiers that died upon arrival at the hospital were the ones guarding the facility. This explains their exposure to large doses of the organism that caused acute pulmonary inflammation and blood poisoning and intestinal, po and intestinal poisoning. All efforts to treat them failed. Uh, that is essentially the guts of this particular document. Now, it may have been declassified. I don't know. I will tell you that there is another one that has now been declassified. That is the Biological and Chemical Warfare Logs of CENTCOM. And I want to go back to that and read you the actual document. This is one that may be one of the ones that are being reported as missing. I don't know. But this is dated um, March... Uh, I believe it's March 1st, and it states, Lieutenant Colonel Wade advised that Colonel Dunn has confirmed that the soldier of the 3rd AD, that's the armored division, does have blisters characteristic of H chemical agent, that's mustard gas, on his upper and lower left arm. Now, Art, I hope your people understand, because I know you can see the significance of this. Yes. What I just read to you is one of those maybe missing logs, I don't know, uh, because we've had these logs for some time. They were smuggled out of the Pentagon and provided to us before they were uh, unfortunately burned or destroyed or whatever. So this document right here that I'm reading to you, which I can provide you a copy of this, flies in the face of everything that the Pentagon, the Department of Defense, the VA, Schwarzkopf, and Powell have been stating over the past five years. How many documents do you have? In other words, how much of the possible lost, haha, in quotes, logs might you have? There are 100 pages of them. I don't have all of them, but in different places there are approximately 100 pages of those logs. And I guess you're trying to put those together. Oh, absolutely. Let me read you another one of those logs. This one's dated 27 February of 1991. Okay. And uh, let's see, this is uh, Master Sergeant Blue called with questions about SINSENT message. That's uh, Commander-in-Chief Central Command at 2400 Zulu time. Subject, Commander's Guidance for Disposition of Captured Chemical and Biological Munitions. And Biological. That's correct, in biological munitions. It goes down to say, they feel destruction of small quantities using field method is okay. Destruction is not approved because it may have great international implications. Now, this was declassified on 5 June of 1994. So the information that I have been able to put together from my sources, from those that served during the Persian Gulf, uh, from the brown manila envelopes that have arrived show absolute evidence that the U.S. government is lying. Now, if, I don't know if they thought we weren't going to be able to put this information together or figure it out ourselves, but all we needed to know was we had a bunch of people dying for no reason. We knew they were dying, and the Pentagon said they weren't dying. We, people knew they were exposed over there, and they said they weren't exposed. Now, if you saw uh, Major Ebert on TV, uh, he is the Marine Major that was struggling with the uh, Lou Gehrig's disease to be able to tell his story. At the hearings, yes. Yes. This is incredibly important, and let me tell you why. Because his first statement that he made was that the Pentagon knew from day one that chemical weapons had been used. Now, that's a Marine Major in full uniform saying that. That is not Joyce Wiley, an inactive reservist nurse, saying it. Right. His last statement that he made, 
And America, wake up and listen to what your people are telling you. He stated, I fear the enemy is within the government. Did you all hear that on television? If you didn't get the tape from C-SPAN, I fear the enemy is within the government. That is a man who is fighting for his life to tell you the truth of what is going on. You don't have to believe me. Believe the documentation which exists. And Joyce, by the way, I do need to get my phone number for Go For Better. Oh, we will definitely do that. Joyce, uh, I want to ask you a question about motivation. If you can remove yourself right now from everything you've said, or not, not even remove yourself from it, but just consider what you have said and consider the motivation of the government, my question to you is, why? Why would they be covering this up? What is their what are their motivations? Maybe there's more than one. Maybe it's, is it money? Well, here's where I have to veer off into opinion or conjecture, and I don't like to do that because I like to speak from straight documentation. I know, but when you're trying to uh, decide about a crime, Joyce, one of the things you have to look at is motivation. And if you're talking about a crime, about uh, treason, that's the word you used, then, then it's reasonable to look at motivation. In other words, why would our own government do this to our own people? There is a paper written by Dr. Lindsay Arison of the Pentagon, and I'd like to refer to him for this answer because he wrote the, the paper, the cover-up of the Gulf War illness, and he lists the reasons why they have done this. All right. Now, I believe in what he says. I believe this is pretty much my opinion. First of all, the financial compensation would destroy... Uh, our government. There is no way they can financially compensate everyone that uh, should be given compensation for what they have su been subjected to. Number two, we violated Geneva Convention regulations of 1972. There are tremendous political and criminal implications in what has taken place. Both the Bush and the Clinton administration are involved in this. This right there I mean, with what I'm telling you tonight, and, and I'm sure your listeners understand that this is the story of America's history. They are hearing information tonight that is like the most significant anywhere, anytime ever said. We're talking about the absolute intentional neglect of our military and criminal intent in allowing them to suffer. Now, we violated Geneva Convention regulations. There is a writer named John Galt, who's been writing some incredible material in the Spotlight newspaper. You've probably heard about it. I know about the Spotlight. But uh, wait a minute. Uh, we violated Geneva Convention uh, protocols. In what way? I, I can understand that perhaps the Iraqis violated them, but I don't know that we used biologicals or chemicals. So uh, the violation of Geneva Convention protocols on the part of the Iraqis? On the part of both of us. Where did we do it, Joyce? Both the United States and Iraq utilized chemical agents during the Gulf War. You're saying we did? Absolutely. Absolutely I'm saying that we did. Now, this comes from the evidence or the information, the first-hand accounts of those that were responsible for the chemical agents, for those who were responsible for teaching others how to use the chemical agents. We had them on the battlefield. There's no question about that. There's any number of your troops out there that can, can uh, give testimony to that. And they were used. There are many troops that have told me that they had weapons with the biohazard emblem on it. They knew exactly what they were. 
in artillery rounds um, primarily is how the U.S. used them. The chemicals were used by the Iraqis primarily via the Scud, mills and our, uh, Scud missiles and artillery rounds. Um, but did, this... you, did you know there was a uh, report by a U.N. group the other day? Uh, some U.N. inspectors drilled into, drilled into a rocket warhead and outpoured, guess what, sarin gas. Well, you know, I, I, if they're going to be stupid enough to do that, once it's got the biohazard marking on the outside of it, I, I mean, I, I'm surprised. Because they knew that was sarin gas inside Camasia. They knew it was mustard gas inside Camasia. They didn't need to drill into any rocket to find that. Now, also, Senator Regal uh, has made a statement. Now, let me, let me just read this. This is from page 6, and I can give you the slide on this. This is 103-900 Senate report. It's a, an unclassified document. The findings of this report, prepared by the, at the request of Chairman Regal, detail many other events reported by U.S. servicemen and women that in some cases confirm the detection of chemical agents by U.S. forces. In other cases, these reports indicate the need for further investigation, but he said they had actual um, evidence of chemicals and biologicals that were used during uh, the time of the Gulf War. What are we waiting for? Now, further on, during a November 10, 1993, unclassified briefing for members of the U.S. Senate in response to direct questioning, then Under Secretary of Defense John Deutsch said that the Department of Defense was withholding classified information on the exposure of U.S. forces to biological materials. Now, they made this statement earlier in 1990, or later in 1994. There was no evidence, classified or unclassified. John Deutsch either lied or he has admitted to the fact that there is classified material on the exposure of these weapons on our, our troops. I can tell you and I can provide to you individuals who have told the Pentagon we know chemical agents were used. What more does it take than the actual suffering of those that lost their skin and that lost their lives to chemical weapons? What more does it take to prove that biological and chemical agents were used. Let me tell you what I think the motivation is, Joyce. Um, at the beginning of the war and uh, prior to and then uh, once the war began, we, uh, without equivocation, told the Iraqis, if you use biologicals or um, uh, chemicals, we will respond with nuclear weapons. If we found out at some point during the war that that was occurring, we might have made a decision not to make that public because the clamor, the demand would have been for the use of nuclear weapons and internationally we would have become a pariah had we used them. So I really think that that was one deep, dark political motivation for, for sealing all this under, for not admitting it, not even talking about it, and now you're getting ready to blow it up in their faces. Well, I think it's very possible, and, and I have no problem with that. But the issue is, after the war is over, you tell your troops, we've got a problem, let's get it taken care of, and let's address that, and then go on. You don't give your general population a communicable illness. You don't take the disease back to America. It is now being spread in the blood. It is being spread by sex and by perspiration. So whatever their motivation was, now we know that Israel gave the same deterrent. They said, you send us biologicals, and we guarantee you 
nuclear in return. Yes. It worked. But I do have evidence on one of the NBC logs that showed that there was a Scud missile loaded with an agent called GF, a chemical agent, that went into Israel. We do know they received at least one Scud missile full of GF. Uh, they did not receive biologicals, to my knowledge. But you see, this problem now is spread throughout the world. We've got 28 coalition countries that served alongside of us. We have now sent 4 million troops into the Persian Gulf arena. We now have people being exposed on three-month rotations to Kuwait that are coming home now and saying they have the illness. They're showing the rash. They're experiencing the same problem. So we are obviously intentionally spreading this disease. Now, what is it going to take America before we call them into accountability, start um, with some serious look at the treatment first of all, and then let's bring to justice those who have kept this information from the American people? Uh, if this is an AIDS-like disease, let us address that for a moment. Uh, I understand that for a lot of what is being called the Gulf War Syndrome, um, penicillin or large doses of antibiotics have been affected, effective. It, it does not seem as though that should be the case because certainly antibiotics thrown at AIDS, totally useless. Okay, the effectiveness of doxycycline, which is a very, pat very common unpatented generic antibiotic, yes. is working because, according to Dr. Garth Nicholson, of the MD Anderson Cancer Center and now of the Institute of Molecular Biology in California, he states that the mycoplasma incognitus, which is the primary biological agent that has been identified. Now, when I say identified, that is because uh, right now we are finding about 60% of our troops are positive for mycoplasma incognitus. This is what I tested positive for. And about 70% of those are being helped and treated with this. The mycoplasma is significant because inside of it has been inserted 40% of the HIV envelope gene. Oh so we are not talking about the AIDS virus. We're talking about part of the envelope gene being added to the mycoplasma. Mm. Thus, the mycoplasma, which is a microorganism without a cell, is treated effectively with the doxycycline. Does it stop the disease? I don't think so. Does it cure it? I don't think so. But it stops the ravaging effects of the disease, and at least it will buy us some time. Now, the Department of Defense has been told about this research and, and work that Dr. Nicholson has done. And the reason that he found out about it was because his stepdaughter was in the 101st Airborne. She came home. She was sick, and the entire family got sick. Well, maybe this is a problem for the Pentagon. Once you admit there is an effective treatment then you're admitting there's a problem. That's right. You can't treat a disease that doesn't exist. That's right. And therefore, the VA has denied all Gulf War veterans. Their records are flagged. They are denied the use of doxycycline, except in Phoenix recently. They are denied the use of it? They have been denied it, yes, sir. So, in other words, in order to keep a secret, you're saying our government is prepared to allow this to spread in the general population? That's exactly what I'm saying. In fact, I wish Gulf War veterans would call in and tell how they have tried to get the doxycycline at their VA. It's very cheap. It is the easiest antibiotic to use, and they have been denied it. Now, here is where I have a problem. 
the blood transfusions, the donations that are coming from military bases are tainted. The Gulf War veterans are spreading the disease, the chronic fatigue and fibromyalgia. The fibromyalgia disease that we're, is rampant now since the Gulf War. Why are we having this epidemic of this unknown fibromyalgia disease? Well, obviously, we're having it because they're imposing it on us. Hold on. Joyce Riley is my guest, and we will be right back. You're listening to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time, on Premier Radio Networks. Tonight, an encore presentation of Coast to Coast AM from December 12, 1996. I see them blue, and you. And I think to myself, what a wonderful world. I see skies of blue and clouds of white. The bright, blessed day, the dark, sacred night. And I think to myself, what a wonderful world The colors of the rainbow Somewhere in Time on Premier Radio Networks. Tonight, an encore presentation of Coast to Coast AM from December 12th, 1996. You know, sometimes I'm not sure I like doing my own show. Do you understand that? Good morning, everybody. I'm Art Bell, and this is Coast to Coast AM. Joyce Riley is my guest. And I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to restrict the lines uh, right now. All the call-in lines. Just uh, hang up, please. Anybody trying to call in, just hang up. And uh, what I want to do is restrict the lines to Gulf War vets. I can do that. And so I'm going to. Um, I specifically want to hear from Gulf War vets. And so does Joyce Riley. So uh, consider it done. If you're out there right now and you are not a Gulf War vet, hang up. And only Gulf War vets, uh, or for that matter, I suppose, their families who may be affected, call in. You know what the various numbers are, and I would appreciate your cooperation. And we'll get to it here in a moment. You're listening to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time, on Premier Radio Networks. Tonight, an encore presentation of Coast to Coast AM from December 12th, 1996.
now back to Joyce Rally. Joyce? Yes, sir. Um, all right, you're going to get your wish. Um, we're going to restrict lines, as you may have heard me do, to Gulf War vets, and we're going to get them. Uh, and here they come. Wild Card Line, you're on the air with Joyce Riley. Hello. Hi, good evening, Art. Uh, this is Jim in Oakland. Hi, Jim. Hi, um, I sent you an email about ten days ago and uh, kind of talked about what I was going through. Uh, I pretty much agree with everything that's been said on the show. Um, as far as me, um, what happened to me was kind of weird. Before I went over there, I took a physical for reenlistment and uh, was in perfect shape. There was no nothing abnormal. When I came back, I was really sick, and they said they'd lost my paperwork and wanted me to redo the blood test. And uh, the weird thing was, I came back, uh, my RPR was reactive for syphilis, and I had no symptoms, hadn't had sex with anybody. There, there wasn't really any women over there to have sex with anyway, but... Um, and ever since then, I've been really sick, and they, they send me down to the hospital about every six months, give me a bunch of antibiotics. They can't seem to cure it. And uh, another thing that's really weird is it stays in really low levels in the blood, but uh, it went straight to the brain within three years. Boy. Have you been on the doxycycline? Uh, no, they didn't give it to me. They gave me just regular penicillin. Well, penicillin, now, let me, first of all here, give the disclaimer. I am not a physician and I am not practicing medicine, but I want to share with you all, since you're not hearing it from any other area, the fact that if you have the true Gulf War illness with the weaponized mycoplasma, the mycoplasma incognitus, penicillin will make you worse. It does not treat the disease. Okay. Now, the VA has been made aware of this, but they are continuing to deny the use of uh uh, doxycycline. Uh -huh. um, first of all, about I'd say 70% of all the medical records are now missing. Uh -huh. uh, we we pretty well know why. Uh, secondly, you, did you say you were at the LAVA? Uh, yes. Okay. Well, I'm, actually, I'm still on active duty. I was going to the active duty doctors, and uh, the one doctor that I was going to, who was kind of in charge of the, there was quite a few people that were sick in my group, and he was kind of in charge of it, and he was apparently on the board in Washington. And what he had told us is that he pretty much made it known, yeah, we, we know that you were exposed. We're not exactly sure what it is, and it doesn't really matter. We're just going to treat it with a bunch of antibiotics and try and kill it. Well, the doxycycline is, is, is the effective agent for the mycoplasma. Okay. So I'll simply say that, and you may have to go to a private doctor to get that because DOD facilities are not allowed to use doxycycline right now. But please contact me. I'd like to give you the video. It's free of charge to go for veterans. I'd like to get you the document package and the information that we have on the doxycycline to provide for you. All right. Well, let's get it to everybody. Now, you say it's free of uh, charge to Gulf War vets, and uh, I guess everybody else can also get it, right? They can get it. We, I give it free to Gulf War veterans, free to journalists, free to government people, and free to medical people. All so right. if you will write to me, you can get that. And all I ask is the Gulf War veterans send me a letter with their unit and their symptoms so we can correlate who was where, and I'll uh, get the information out to you. All right, Joyce. Wonderful. Uh, East of the Rockies, you're on the air with Joyce Riley. Hi. Hello. Hello there. How you doing? Uh, we're doing fine, sir. Go ahead. Yes, sir. Uh, I was in the Gulf War. I'm, I've never uh, been diagnosed uh, or have even been went to get treated for any symptoms. Uh, All right. Where are you now? I'm in Montgomery. All right. And uh, uh, do you have a problem? What is wrong? Yes, sir. Uh, I've lost uh, a lot of circulation in my lower extremities, uh, and it seems to be a daily thing where I feel uh, poor circulation and pain in my legs. And previous to going uh, to the Gulf War, I had uh, 
I was a straight-A student in school, and now I'm, I'm going to college, uh, but I find it a lot more difficult to concentrate and a lot more difficult to remember things, and I didn't know exactly what symptoms were associated with the Gulf War, and I thought maybe Judy could inform me. Well, the, the uh, confusion, mental confusion is one of them. The, the loss of memory is another one. Let me say that the, probably the most significant thing here is the loss of uh, function or use of the lower extremities because this is happening among many of the troops. And I would encourage you to, number one, file a claim. And I'm not here to try and get people to file claims, but you need to protect yourself. Right. Uh, number two, you need to sign up with the Persian Gulf Registry. Although I disagree with their philosophical beliefs, we want the numbers in there to show the Gulf War veterans that are sick. Then get the information from me, and I'll be glad to answer any questions after you look at it. The use, um, the loss of the use of the legs and the hands is very, very important, and it's happening. They have had over 700 cases at the LAVA uh, of this very same thing, but every one of them that comes through, they say, gee, you're the first one we've ever seen. But in your particular case, since you have not sought any treatment, go ahead and start the paperwork uh, and get the video first of all, and it'll explain a lot of this to you. It gives the documentation to support what I've been saying tonight. But you deserve treatment, and yes, the mental uh, confusion is a real big problem. The biologicals and chemicals that were exposed to the troops over there have affected that sensitive brain tissue, and they're having terrible problems with memory. Yes, ma'am. I didn't. Uh, I didn't know exactly what the symptoms were, so I didn't want to file any file any false claims or or crying to the government about something that may not have happened. To All right. Me in particular. All right, uh, sir. Uh, follow her advice, and I'll tell you something. Joyce, I think that man represents a lot of men out there. You know, not mama's boys. These were guys who were in a war. These are guys uh, who volunteered, who joined the military service. These are not mama's boys. I really, really object to anybody being painted that way. And if you listen to that man carefully, he, did, he didn't want to file anything. He didn't want to uh, claim something. that. Uh, and I think a lot of them are that way, don't you, Joyce? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. They want their health back. They want their lives back. They want answers as to why they're sick. They know they don't feel well. And you see, he is one of those men. The government's never contacted him, never said, how are you doing, contrary to what they keep telling everyone. He doesn't know. He's out there alone. He, re he represents hundreds, if not thousands, of men and women just like him. What I'm afraid is that a lot of them are going to just die quietly. Yes, yes. West of the Rockies, you're on the air with Joyce Riley. Hello. Hello. Um, I was a staff adjunct that worked with under 7th Corps over in the Gulf. Um, I worked right under the S-2, and I was privy to <coughs> certain information. Um, I'd just like to tell Joyce that she's on the right track, exactly. Um, there wasn't a worry over there at the time that that the Rockies could possibly use uh, bacteriological agents. Um, that's just one minor factor. Um, I don't know if you're you're familiar with depleted uranium. Yes, I am. Um, in its natural state sitting in the back of an M1 tank, it, it's not too toxic. It's, it's when toxic, it's fired. Not too yeah, it's, it's when the uh, munitions are fired. Exactly, uh -huh. exactly. Um, there, there's the isotope uranium-128. When it, when it impacts 
against composite armor. It, it creates a a dust. Um, pretty pretty lethal to the to the enemy tank if it doesn't brew up. Um, but on the battlefield itself, it it's sort of an underlying. It, we were worried more about that than than any NBC problem. All right, uh, Joyce, the, the, the man has a point. Um, I've heard a great deal about the depleted uranium problem. Now he brought up the fact that when it uh, when it hits a tank, it creates a dust. I'm sure it does. But when it's fired, it creates a dust as well. What do you know about that? I am not an expert on depleted uranium. I do want to say, though, that the government does recognize this as having been a problem. And anyone who wants to get a GAO report, there's a report that's declassified Operation Desert Storm. The Army was not adequately prepared to deal with depleted uranium contamination. And that GAO report uh, is 93-90. And I would encourage people to get that. That's a whole different area. Yes, do I believe it's a problem? Absolutely. But I just am not dealing with that, mainly because I'm more concerned about the contagious disease right now that's being brought home. All right. Well, that makes sense. First time caller line, you're on the air with Joyce Riley. Hi. Hi. Boy. Would you uh, talk into your phone good and loud? Yes, I will. Uh, thanks, Joyce, for all this work. Uh, you're welcome. I'm a family member. Uh, my ex was in the golf, but... Uh, you said two things tonight that, that because I've been diagnosed with fibromyalgia and I went, and I kept thinking, where do I get this? What is this? How, how is this related? Well, fibromyalgia is a cofactor or is a similar disease to the Gulf War illness. It's very, very similar. In fact, the spouses are now being diagnosed with fibromyalgia as are the Gulf War veterans. Fibromyalgia is really a compilation of symptoms. It's a, a very painful muscle disease. Um, what I would say to you at this point is probably they have tried to put you on Prozac or Ativan. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. Now, this is what the, the U.S. government has been doing with the troops also, is placing them on psychotropic drugs. It's got to stop. These are not mental illnesses. No, this pain, this pain, is, this pain is not in my head. No, it's not. It's very real. Oh, it's the fibromyalgia is a Gulf War-related illness is all I can really go into at this point. There's some information available on it, and I can provide it to you if you'll write to me. But you deserve treatment. You don't de deserve being told that you're a head case. Uh, it's very real. It's very painful, and it gets worse, too, if it's not treated. Yeah, it's, 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 it gets too debilitating. Absolutely. And it's, it, I, I just thought, my God, you know, I'm out in the community. I wasn't there. And, and like you said, the, this stuff is so on the increase. I mean, I, I can tell you, I mean, how many people I have met that say, that have had this. And I'm going, where did this come from all That's of a sudden? That's right. Now, now this has, is this something that was always there that didn't have a name? Or is this something new and not has a name, but where did it come from? That's what they're telling you. It was something that didn't have a name, but it's always been with us. No, I'm sorry. It came over in some Scud missiles, and it has affected our troops, be it whether from the immunizations, which we really haven't talked about, or whatever. But we now have it, and it is contagious. And people are getting this disease. Entire families are now getting it. And my heart goes out to you, and please write to me, and I'll send you the information. All right. Uh, Joyce, how does somebody like that lady, I mean, it's bad enough for the Gulf War vets who are fighting the fight and not getting treated, but my gosh, the family members, they're another notch removed. How do they get treatment? Well, they have to go to a private physician. The problem is they go to a doctor. They say, I've got the Gulf War illness. They say, yeah, right. I listen to Dan Rather. There is no Gulf War illness. And so they're not being treated. 
and they are p- being turned away. They're being put on Prozac, Ativan, uh, their head cases. Well, there, there are two problems here. One is, and I found this out uh, firsthand over the last uh, many months and years, if Dan Rather doesn't say it, it ain't true. And if he does say it, unfortunately, it is true. So if Dan Rather says there is go- no Gulf War illness, that is the, that is the perception. Sure, and the, the problem right now is that we do not have a truthful media, and I'm sorry, but I have shown all of this information to all the major networks. They have declined to air it, and I'm not talking about uh, opinions here. I'm talking about documentation. All right, I want to know about that. When you go to them, and you've got some very serious stuff now, what do they say? They say, uh, thank you very much, I'll consider it. That's just what I've been told by all the major news networks and the programming, the major uh, tabloid programs also, mm-hmm. is that we'll consider it. I was told by one of the major programs on TV, uh, we don't think that's a big enough story for us. I mean, my God, give Excuse me a break. Me? Excuse me? Yes. Even, I mean, yeah, well, maybe uh, breaking a classified document will get you some attention, whatever it takes. East of the Rockies, you're on the air with Joyce Riley. Hello. Hello there. Hello, yes, Art Bell. Yes, where are you, sir? My name is Matt. I'm in uh, the suburbs of Chicago. All right. Uh, yeah, I'm a Gulf War vet. Um, I was assigned with the uh, Psychological Operations Unit. Um, I don't have any symptoms, and I'm just wondering, because our unit was kind of tasked out to other units. My, my, uh, myself, I was attached with the British uh, Armor Division. And my question to Joyce, I guess, is what's the report with the other uh, the other allied uh, forces? Okay, that's a good question. It sure is. Out of the uh, 28 coalition countries, I have been told by Dr. Nicholson now that 27 of those 28 coalition countries now report sick and dying Gulf War veterans. The only country that does not report dying Gulf War veterans is France. France. France did two things differently. They did not inoculate their troops, number one, and second, they gave prophylactic preventative doxycycline on a daily basis. Now, I've talked with those that served under the French flag, and they told me they were given 400 milligrams of doxycycline in the morning and 500 at night. It's a huge, huge dose. And they told me they had to eat three MREs, the meals ready to eat, just to keep it down. But they seem to be pretty clear of the disease. Now, did they know something? Well, uh, I think they did. And they are the only ones not reporting sick or dying Gulf War veterans. Now, Britain has a real problem right now. Uh, out of the 50,000 troops that they sent, uh, 3,500 of them are now ill. I don't have a number of the, of the ones that have de- died right now, but I know they're having a, a serious problem in Britain. I've been talking with the British Gulf War Veterans Association there. And uh, they're fighting the issue. Now, they, the British Gulf War veterans have filed a lawsuit collectively against the Ministry of Defense. They have sued their government for having placed them in harm's way. I don't know how that particular case is coming out, but as you know, in the U.S., you can't do that. So they have sued the makers of all the biological and chemical agents. Uh, I'm glad you're doing well, and I hope you continue to do well. Just let me ask you, do you have the night sweat? No, he's not here. He's not here now. Uh, Let's go to one more call. First time caller line, you're on the air with Joyce Riley. Hi. Hi, Art. Uh, This is Matt in eastern Montana. Hello, Matt. I'd like to... uh, I caught Joyce uh, on your... when you had her on the show last time. Uh, uh, 
I was driving through Missouri on my way to North Carolina to visit a friend of mine that I'd served in the Gulf with. And uh, have to pardon me, I'm a little nervous. That's all right. Just say what you want to say, sir. Uh, well, that show really got me going. Uh, I, I'd, uh, I'd like to thank Joyce for what she's doing. Uh, here, just a couple of days ago, I just I recently received her uh, information, her tapes, and so forth in the mail, and. Uh, I just, I just really want to thank her. There was a lot of information on that show that uh, just went to the heart of, of a lot of things that I've been wondering about. Uh, I, uh, I'm thankful. All right, sir. Thank you very much. For God the bless call. you. I hope you do well, and, and stay in touch with me if I can help you. All right, wild card line. You're on the air with Joyce Riley. Hello. Uh, hi, Joyce. This is Mitch in Seattle. Hi, Mitch. Uh, hi. Uh, I'm an expat. I was stationed in, uh, in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia, during the Gulf War. Got hit about three clicks from my compound, um, so I guess I just wanted to give a voice to all the expatriates in the area during the time. You haven't mentioned anything about about us. Uh, I do remember on your last show you mentioned that it was airborne and that it could travel uh, hundreds of miles. So if you could just give a little information about that. Myself, I have come down with some of the symptoms, such as the rash, chronic fatigue, and uh, some other um, uh, ailments. But uh, I've been too nervous to speak about it myself. Well, there were a lot of scuds blown up over the Riyadh area as well, uh, or that were destroyed one way or the other, or impacted. Uh, Joyce, he's got a good point. Oh, yes, there were many, many scuds. Let me say that the area that we find that is affected with this disease now goes into United Arab Emirates, Bahrain, all around the, the, the theater of operations. Even people in, that were in Germany and Turkey are now ill. So this disease did not keep itself right there in the central area. Uh, the, the equipment is now spreading the disease. Many of those that took care of the patients or the equipment coming out of that area are also sick. Uh, you know, he said he was been afraid to speak about the disease. I need to address this because a lot of the active duty military are not allowed to talk about it. They cannot mention Gulf War illness. He just mentioned the primary symptoms, chronic fatigue, the rash. They get lymph node swelling, night sweats, migraine headaches, memory loss, concentration loss. And then it goes into more significant things after that. But this is not a disease. It's, it's just so, a rash. And yeah, but it's, it's so much like AIDS. Uh, Joyce... Hold on, we'll do another hour. Stay right where you are. Joyce Riley is my guest. We're talking about the Gulf War mess. And, oh, it is a mess in more ways than one. You're listening to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Tonight featuring a replay of Coast to Coast AM from December 12th, 1996.
listening to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Tonight featuring a replay of Coast to Coast AM from December 12th, 1996. Good morning, everybody. I'm Art Bell. My guest is Joyce Riley. The call-in lines restricted to veterans of the Gulf War or their families. So if that's you, give us a call. If not, sit back, relax, and listen to one sorry, sorry story. And we'll get back to Joyce in a moment. on the radio must be coast to coast am with george nori what do you think about disclosure i have said all along it's not coming from official sources it'll come from whistleblowers i can't figure it out can you they know they're sitting on something and they know they can't keep it hidden forever the so-called disclosure is happening almost daily it's like the thing is accelerating i think disclosure is sort of happening all around us to the point where you know everybody kind of goes okay we know they're here what's for dinner honey Streamlink, the audio subscription service of Coast to Coast AM, has a new name, Coast Insider. You'll still get all the same great features for the same low price, just 15 cents a day when you sign up for one year. The package includes podcasting, which offers the convenience of having shows downloaded automatically to your computer or MP3 player, and the iPhone app with live and on-demand programs. You'll also get our amazing download library of three full years of shows. Just think. As a new subscriber, over 1,000 shows will be available for you to collect, enjoy, and listen to at your leisure. Plus, you'll get streamed and on-demand broadcasts of Art Bell's Somewhere in Time shows and two weekly classics. And as a member, you'll have access to our monthly live chat sessions with George Norrie and special guests. If you're a fan of Coast, you won't want to be without Coast Insider. Visit coasttocoastam.com to sign up today. You never know what you'll hear on Coast to Coast AM with George Norrie. You know, there is terrorism out there. So in an effort to try to fight it or combat it, we give up these rights. I'm convinced that there are groups out there, sinister, powerful groups, that would create this terror to continue to control us. I think you're absolutely correct. But, of course, anybody that's followed the process of government throughout history, once a government has been given a certain amount of power, it always seeks more. And to suggest that our government is different because it's America, I guess that just shows how historically ignorant the American people have become. Because in a real sense, these things are our fault. Americans are, in fact, now trading liberty for security. Every day, this is going to happen now in our future, that we're going to allow this. It's just a matter of time. Now, let's go back to the night of December 12th, 1996, on Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. All right, uh, my guest is Joyce Riley, and she has read on the air what may well be a classified document. Or it may now be de declassified. Uh, at any rate, uh, it clearly tells the story of biological agents that killed 50 Iraqi soldiers during the war in an area where our soldiers were as well. It clearly demonstrates biologicals were used during the war. 
And, uh, Joyce, I want to open up one more item before we go back to the phone lines here. Uh, in his book, microbiologist Larry Harris says the U.S. is at high risk of bacteriological attack with anthrax and pneumonic plague uh, by Iraqi agents who are in the country now with disease vials. They are preparing to wage large-scale bacteriological warfare, he says, with a probable attack date of July of 97. Now, I've seen this stuff floating around on the Internet, and I'm sure you probably have too. Do you know anything about this? Um, I kind of would just assume not comment on that information. I've seen no documentation. I've asked for it. I've not been able to verify any of that information. Well, that so, makes two of us. I thought I would have to ask, though. It's flying all over the Internet, and you've got to be very careful. That's right, and that's why I try to stay with the documentation, because this stuff gets real dangerous. What I'm saying tonight is like the most critical thing anybody in this country is saying today, and I want to be as specific and as, and, and as um, accurate as I can. All right, so you were aware of this junk floating around, too. Yes. All right. Yes. All right. Um, east of the Rockies, you're on the air with Joyce Riley. Hi. Hello there. Oh, yes, sir. You're on the air. Yes, sir. My name is Matthew. Uh, I'm in uh, Jacksonville, North Carolina. Um, uh, Nancy, is it? Joyce. No, Joyce Riley, Sorry, sir. Joyce. Uh, one thing I have a problem with is names um, and events. I have not much difficulty with, uh, you know, uh, a set course of events to, in order to accomplish a task. I can do that, but I, I forget names. Um, what happened to me was uh, I came back from the war in March, and apparently I was fine until July. I got sick. I got so sick that they hospitalized me. I had a 105 degree temperature. And then a couple about a, a couple weeks later, maybe a month, I got real sick. I had ocular palsy. I had uh, lost sensation in the fingertips of both hands. Um, loss of reflexes in all extremities. Um, uh, they were afraid that I was going to go into respiratory arrest. They hospitalized me at Fort Bragg. My wife. Uh, is extremely scared. I would like to know what is the mortality rate. Those who have expressed uh, that they have some symptoms, how many of them have or will die within you know, like a couple of years? Oh, there's, I, I, w I can't give you any estimate. I don't know because a lot of this has to do with the strength of your own immune system. If you get treatment, uh, there's a lot of alternative uh, uh, agents out there that help, alternative medicine items that work. Uh, I don't. I, I don't know how to answer your question. I could simply say, find out as much as you can about the disease. Get outside the VA because you're not going to be told the truth inside the VA. Okay. Get some help. Does your wife have, have any symptoms? Uh, she has a few. Um, one of the ones I do have is night sweats. She's really complained about that. Uh, she has expressed some uh, some concern too. Yeah. Yeah. Night sweats is spread from husband to wife by the perspiration, and literally both of you will develop it if you don't already have it. It goes into the joint pain and then the fevers and on and on. Um, but this is the disease that is passing throughout the general population, and it doesn't even you know limit itself to Gulf War families. America, we're talking about a disease. We're talking about a holocaust. We're talking about an epidemic. And here I am saying this on a national news, a national radio program, and what is happening? They're continuing to suffer and continuing to die. And go ahead, call me and get the information so that you all can get treated. Okay. The, uh, what was the name of the drug again, please? And then the well, doxycycline. Doxycycline is a tetracycline antibiotic. D o x y c y c l i n e. Is that a broad spectrum antibiotic? Yes. It's a tetracycline, and, and, and if you are allergic to, to tetracycline, you can utilize uh, Cipro or Zithromax, C-I-P-R-O or Zithromax. But please write to me, and I can send you all the information on that. All right. Um, as with this little piece of uh, um, 
I, I don't know what you call it, uh, nothing I can call it on the air, about somebody about to attack us or something that's floating around on the Internet. How do you separate, um, how do you separate uh, the truth from false uh, information? How do you do that? Okay, the way I started out was, I will tell you right off the bat, I was given some documents by an external asset from the Customs Department. This person approached me with documentation that biologicals and chemicals had been sold to Saddam Hussein. I had no idea up to this point, Art, because I was a captain in the Air Force, served my country, loved being a flight nurse. That's all I knew, except that I was sick. This person provided me four four-inch binders worth of documents of the transfers of biological and chemical agents through Jordan into Iraq. This was a total shock to me. I, I thought George Bush was the greatest thing I'd ever met. I mean, I was so patriotic, and I still am. Uh, but when I got this information, it changed my whole attitude. I had to start looking in a different direction to find out why people were sick. So I started looking at biological and chemical. Now, everything that I get be it a government document or whatever, I try to get a first-hand source that can verify that source and then move on from there. But a lot of this material that's floating around, people do have to be very careful because there are a lot of people that are trying to discredit me right now. I know. And let me tell you that there's been on the Internet and also in some magazines uh, a fact that I have written a book called uh, Nurse Riley Speaks. I have not written a book, and I want everyone to know that it states that it, it tries to link me to the uh, Israeli Mossad involvement in the Gulf War. That's what? absolutely ridiculous. Uh, I don't even know how to uh, spell Mossad. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and I did not write a book called Nurse Riley Speaks. I just had something else come out in which they said that everything that I provide is baseless assumptions, no, it, totally unsubstantiated information, and I am just trying to fuel, fire the fuel or fuel the fire of anti-government and anti-patriotic behavior. Nothing could be more further from the truth. I am using documentation to prove to the Americans that there are foreign and domestic enemies, and the domestic enemies are the ones that we need to expose. All right, that document you read uh, seemingly to prove uh, that Iraqis were killed by biologicals. How many sources do you have on that? Uh, I have two sources on that. All right. First time caller line, you're on the air with Joyce Riley. Hi. Hi, Art. Uh, my name's Ed, and I live in uh, West Central Missouri. Yes, Ed. And uh, I served in uh, Desert Storm with a MASH unit that supported 3rd AD. I want to tell you all, we did have chemical casualties. I need to talk to you. Okay, great. You had chemical casualties. Yes, sir. Uh, they were never decontaminated. We were already working on them by the time we realized what we had. But, um, what was the attitude uh, of, um, of the intelligence community? I mean, if you had chemical casualties and you knew it, uh, then obviously there was a chance you were going to do something. You were going to do something like you're doing right now and go on a radio talk show and say it. Well, we were mashing it. They're in and out. I don't think. You know, it's a good point. Uh, nothing ever said. I do have symptoms. Um, I have muscle pains. I was diagnosed with Guillain-Barré syndrome here a while back. Now that's one of the diagnoses that we're finding most often given to Gulf War veterans. It's a very, very rare disease. And Guillain-Barre is not something to mess around with. Are you being treated by a VA? Uh, no. I went to the VA and I went to the VA in Kansas City. And when I went there the first time, the doctor looked at me and said, I can check you for tick bites or yes. flea bites. And I was like, well, yeah, thanks. But, uh, 
Yeah, please do get in touch with me. Now, here, what he is saying, Art, is very important. What does he have? Well, he has Guillain-Barre, a neuromuscular disease, which many of the Gulf War veterans have. And, and this is very tragic because it can get much, much worse. And uh, what he is saying, though, is he was with the 3rd AD. Imagine it with the 3rd AD. The 3rd Armored Division is one of the sickest units. Other than the 101st and the 82nd Airborne, the 3rd AD is one of the sickest, the hardest hit. He was with the MASH unit taking care of those guys. Those guys, the 3rd and the 1st AD, saw many chemical casualties. There are so many people out there that know about this. We have full knowledge chemicals were used from day one by both sides in this war. Now, by denying the fact that they have had chemical exposure, they're getting worse, and they're dying. And by denying the fact they had biological exposure, they're giving the disease to other people. Now, I have a, an individual who has reported to me that he watched nine individuals die with chemical exposure, and he said it took an hour and 37 minutes for them to die. He said it is the most god-awful experience you will ever, ever see. And he said, my only regret is I did not put a bullet through their head and get them out of their misery. Now, these people are out there, and the Pentagon is lying as fast as they can to tell everybody that, that what is really the truth is not the truth. And, America, you've got to come to our aid. I cannot do it alone. Art Bell cannot do it alone. All right, caller, uh, would you contact Joyce Riley at 281-587-5437? Okay, I think he's going to take it off the radio. Again, that's uh, 281-587-5437. Three seven West of the Rockies, you're on the air with Joyce Riley. Hi. How you doing? Uh, my name is Jeff, and I was in the Marine Corps during Desert Storm, and I was over there uh, for approximately about eight months. We were uh, an amphibious unit. Uh, we were one of the first amphibious units out there, and uh, I've talked with some of my friends uh, who have gotten out. I am out now, and uh, every once in a while, you know, we talk about it, but we haven't really had anyone come down with any illnesses or, or anything like that I was wondering if you had heard anything about uh, any of us veterans that were out basically in the Gulf itself uh, coming down with any of the symptoms well good for you and I'm glad to hear that and my list of units here which are the sickest I don't have any uh, amphibious units but let me tell you that there is I believe it was the USS Independence that has reported a lot of illnesses because they had equipment that came back. The aircraft that landed on the aircraft carrier was not decontaminated. Mm -hmm. And there are many of those guys in the Navy that are quite ill. Uh, the 1st Marine Division is probably the sickest unit. Uh, well, I was with Bravo 1-4. I'm sorry? Bravo Company 1-4. Uh, that's 1st Marine Division. Correct. Yeah. Uh, they are probably the sickest unit of the Marines right now. Uh, but I don't know anything about the amphibious units, but I can tell you that, yes, some of the aircraft carriers have guys that are quite ill. Okay. Um, if I could, I'd like to get uh, a hold of your tape, uh, videotape. Uh, Please that's... call me. Please call okay. me at 281-587-5437. Mm -hmm. And by the way, there's been a coin minted, believe it or not, for the Gulf War illness. And on it, it says, it's a, it's a silver coin, and it says, Desert Shield, Desert Storm, the Persian Gulf Experiment. Mm. Okay. All right. All right. Well, uh, call thank it. you very much. Thank you. Uh, Joyce, I want to touch on one more quick thing here, and that is uh, on the phone when we talked the other day, very briefly, you said something that really, really caught my attention, something about experimentation or a new bill that is going to allow experimentation 
on the American population? That's correct. And those of you on the Internet can get it. Let me give you the site for that. All right, but tell us what it is first. Okay. What it is is it states that as of January 16th of 1996, the Department of Defense or their contractor has the right to experiment with biological and chemical agents on the general population in this country. Oh, come on. Absolutely. Get it for yourself. It also states that the only thing that the DOD or their contractor must do is give 30 days' notice to the civilian authority that they are going to do the experiment. Well, what, what does that mean? That DOD contacts the local... Dog catcher. And says... This is your 30-day notice that we're going to be spraying some kind of aerosol over That's San correct. Francisco or something? Good that is God. Correct. How can they possibly? Uh, who authorized this? Well, it's United States Code Annotated. I don't know who authorized it, but it's in the USCA. So you can all get it and download it yourself. I have found people that are incredibly appalled about this that didn't even know it in the government. That's insanity. That's insanity. Well, there's no question it's insanity. This whole thing is insanity. All right, give me the uh, URL. Where, where can we... Uh, okay, that? it's USCA, United States Code Annotated. Uh-huh. Title 50, Chapter 32, Section 1520. All right, again, please. USCA, Title 50, Chapter... 32. 32. Section... 1520. Section 1520. Um, what kinds of things could... I mean, what are they talking about here? Releasing what sort of things? Well, I happen to know that there have been some incidents of quote-unquote spraying. Now, I know of some individuals that have quote-unquote come down with the Gulf War illness because of uh, some spraying incidents, because of the smell of the spray that was sprayed on them, and they nearly died. And um, I, I don't want to be, you know, conspiratorial about this, but I do know that it happened in one particular area. Also, the testing of biological and chemical weapons at the um, uh, Texas Department of Corrections in Huntsville, Texas, prior to the Gulf War. We haven't gotten into that, but that's where the primary biological agent was tested prior to being utilized in the Persian Gulf War. So we know that it's gone on, and we know that that appears there on the Internet and in the USCA. You can get it from the law library. What is the uh, address of the place on the Internet where you can get this? I, I apologize. I don't have it in front of me. All right. Uh, there will be those out there who will know how and will let us know how. All right. West of the Rockies, you're on the air with Joyce Riley. Hi. Hi. This is Robert in Bakersfield. Yes, sir. Hi. Glad to get through. Uh, Joyce, uh, I cut your first show with Art Bell uh, a few months ago, I guess, and I'm uh, happy to hear you doing a follow-up tonight. Thank you. Yeah, this is really fantastic information. Um, I was a uh, an MP assigned to the 1st Brigade of the uh, 3rd Armored Division, and one of the things that we noticed, uh, one of the last jobs we did uh, before we pulled out of Iraq itself was we did a checkpoint on the uh, Basra-Kuwait City Highway, Mm -hmm. It's called Checkpoint Charlie. Mm -hmm. And we were the, the northernmost troops at that time in that area. We were only about two miles south of Basra. And all these uh, Iraqi civilians were and soldiers were fleeing into the south to try to get away from uh, the Republican Guard. And we'd been receiving reports that uh, from the Iraqis themselves that the Republican Guard was gassing uh, Iraqi civilians in Basra itself. And though I didn't see any uh, uh, evidence of that myself, as far as you know, people that are, you know showed symptoms of being 
mustard, you know, heavy mustard agents or anything like that. The only thing I can think of is that they were too recently exposed for the symptoms to have shown up. We asked about it, and uh, within about one or two days, uh, we were told, no, it's a false alarm, don't worry about it. I was wondering if you'd heard anything on that. Well, I've heard about the large numbers of Iraqi men, women, and children that were found dead with no discernible cause of death. Uh, what we don't know is who used what on whom. But what, really... we, but what we do know is the Iraqis used gas against their own on several occasions. Uh, Joyce, hold on. We'll be right back. You're listening to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time, on Premier Radio Networks. Tonight, an encore presentation of Coast to Coast AM from December 12th, 1996. Took my baby's life. Networks presents Art Bell Somewhere in Time. Tonight's program originally aired December 12, 1996. My guest is Joyce Riley. She treated Gulf War vets. She got sick. And now she's trying to expose what's really going on with whatever was released over there. And we'll get back to her in a moment. Streamlink, the audio subscription service of Coast to Coast AM, has a new name, Coast Insider. You'll still get all the same great features for the same low price, just 15 cents a day when you sign up for one year. The package includes podcasting, which offers the convenience of having shows downloaded automatically to your computer or MP3 player, and the iPhone app with live and on-demand programs. You'll also get our amazing download library of three full years of shows. Just think. As a new subscriber, over 1,000 shows will be available for you to collect, enjoy, and listen to at your leisure. Plus, you'll get streamed and on-demand broadcasts of Art Bell's Somewhere in Time shows and two weekly classics. And as a member, you'll have access to our monthly live chat sessions with George Norrie and special guests. If you're a fan of Coast, you won't want to be without Coast Insider. Visit coasttocoastam.com to sign up today. Stories on the radio must be Coast to Coast AM with George Norrie. 
What do you think about disclosure? I have said all along it's not coming from official sources. It'll come from whistleblowers. I can't figure it out. Can you? They know they're sitting on something, and they know they can't keep it hidden forever. The so-called disclosure is happening almost daily. It's like the thing is accelerating. I think disclosure is sort of happening all around us to the point where, you know, everybody kind of goes, okay, we know they're here. What's for dinner, honey? Now, let's go back to the night of December 12th, 1996, on Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Back now to Joyce Riley. Joyce, question for you, and it's a good one, too. Uh, is there any... Uh, would you speculate a bit, if you uh, wouldn't mind on what might occur to our military's battlefield effectiveness if this disease is left untreated? Well, there's no question right now it's mitigating the effectiveness of our military. Let me give you a statistic that comes from the Department of Defense, and that is that out of the 700,000 Gulf War veterans, or out of the 700,000 troops that served during the Persian Gulf War, already 550,000 of them have been separated from the military. Many of them are being medically separated, if not most of them, and they're being separated uh, below retirement. So you've got 18 and a half year uh, lieutenant colonels that are being sent out of the military, no benefits, no nothing. Now, I believe that this is mitigating the effectiveness of our military. The 101st Airborne, the 82nd Airborne are sick. Uh, they're not allowed to talk about it, but they're sick. Now, here's one issue I really need to address with re with um, regard to the uh, status of our troops is that many of the troops that served in the Persian Gulf have this problem. They have a hair-trigger temper right now. Their minds have been messed with with this um, biological and chemical reagents, and I'm not talking about a mental problem. I'm talking about something that is causing their brains to malfunction. They are, um, nobody's called in and talked about this except for, I believe, one person, but they have a hair trigger. They cannot respond normally. They are getting violent. And I'm working on five murder cases right now where Gulf War veterans who were really, I mean, choir boys prior to the Gulf War have done vicious murders. So we need to look at the fact that these troops are sick. They really need help. They cannot control their tempers. I got a call from a guy the other night. He had a gun to his head, and he was ready to commit suicide. They say to me, either I'm going to kill myself or someone else. This is so serious. We have police officers that are carrying guns right now that were MPs over there, and many of the MP units are sick because they took care of the British or of the EPWs, the enemies, uh, prisoners of war of the Iraqis. Those guys were exposed to chemical weapons. They now are biological weapons, and now our troops are sick. Here is a real, real challenge, and that is the Gulf War veterans that are police officers cannot go to a VA and be treated because 90% of them are given mental diagnoses of depression, some psychological diagnosis. If they do, they can't carry a gun. I have a police captain right now who cannot even seek treatment for fear that he will be told it's all in his head and lose his job. Sure. These guys are committing vicious acts of violence, and it is not like them. They don't know who they murdered, and they don't know why. And I want any of those people to contact me because we're trying to put together the number of Gulf War veterans that are on death row right now or serving prison sentences. Boy, we will get the numbers out again, uh, Joyce. First time caller line, you're on the air with Joyce Riley. Hello. Hi, Joyce. Hi there. Oh, you are a godsend, let me tell you, girl. <laughs> 
My name is Gail. I'm from Spokane, Washington. I talked to Art about a week ago that I had been diagnosed with fibromyalgia in October of 1993, right after my son got out of the Army with the Gulf War. Mm -hmm. Um, My sister has it. Both of my sisters now have it. My 13-year-old daughter has it. My husband has got most of the symptoms now. My God, I can't believe this. I am so glad I'm listening tonight. Um, they diagnosed me and told me that I was mentally retarded and autistic. It was all in my head. Well, you're not the only one. And here, I'm going, what? I know. Now, here's what's going on right now. Is you're telling all these people all over the country they're mentally ill. All the GoFor veterans are mentally ill. And, you know, we have an outbreak of a disease that is not being treated. The CDC will not address it. And it's passing. I have one Gulf War veteran who said that every person I've lived with since the Gulf War is now in a wheelchair with fibromyalgia. This is nothing to kid around about. Are they trying to tell us mental illness is communicable? Well, they would make you believe that because they have no explanation for it. That's not going to go down real easily. Uh, Wild Card Line, you're on the air with Joyce Raleigh. Hello. Hi, yeah. This is Kent from Honolulu. Hello, Joyce. Hello, Kent. I have some good news. I've got my hands on a Bell's unit. It's a bioelectrical light stimulator. And I've uh, worked with a couple of the Gulf War vets here. It uses a multi-wave oscillator. And what it does is it helps reconfigure RNA in the virus's genetic material. And it's working. And I have the information. I'm going to shoot it off to you. Wonderful. I just purchased one. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Sure. All the best to you, Joyce. You're doing a great job. Hang in there. Take care, sir. Thank you very much. East of the Rockies, you're on there with Joyce Riley. Hi. Uh, yes. Uh, this is Mike from Columbia. Uh, Columbia, Missouri? Columbia, Missouri. Yeah. All right. KFRU. All right. Uh, yes. Uh, yeah. One thing I would like to say to Joyce, uh, I am familiar with the incident she was talking about uh, with the... Um, with the um, er- with the uh, Iraqi um, bunker that blew up? Yes. Uh, yeah, I do believe that has been unclassified, but I am not sure about that. But, um, yeah, I just have a few questions for you. Um, yeah, I was with a unit of uh, 4th Infantry, which was um, which was the advance guard for um, 1st Armor. And which one, I'm sorry? 4th uh, 7. 7. Okay. Yeah, and um, I didn't really notice any uh, problems when I came back other than... Um, maybe some fatigue for the first few months, and I never had any problems after that, really. I did get myself checked but uh, at the VA, but, you know, like I said, I never had any symptoms. And, it, you know, it does seem to me that most of the people that are having problems were in uh, in rear-deployed units that, you know, possibly would have been a better targets for, a, um, for an area weapon like chemical or um, biological. But <clears throat> I did have some uh, concerns. Um, uh, you, you mentioned uh, pyridostigmine uh, bromide. Yes. Yeah. Um, what, what type of side effects have those had? Well, people are having uh, nerve muscle damage from that, uh, primarily uh, nerve damage. It's real hard to tell which is pyridostigmine bromide, which is not. I mean, there's been very strange bleeding problems. Hmm. Uh, most of the Gulf War veterans that, put the, t- that took the PD pills are sicker than the ones that should that didn't. And here's the caveat: here is that PD pills should never have been given to anyone in the presence of sarin gas. Sarin gas is the gas that was utilized most often. It's a cholinesterase inhibitor that makes it only, 
it only makes it ten times worse if they're exposed to sarin gas. Why they were given those pills, we don't know. They should have never been given. Let's touch on the inoculations. Uh, what inoculations were given and what impact did they have? A lot of people think that's the cause of this. Well, that's what, Shall uh, that's what uh, Schwarzkopf is trying to say right now, is it must be the immunizations, but we don't know. Here's the problem. They weren't put in the shot records. You are not allowed to have several of your immunizations placed in there. You were told, shut up, get your shot, and move on. Now, because of that, they violated Nuremberg Code. They said it was because we don't want the enemy to know what we're inoculating you with or they'll use that agent, and that was primarily anthrax. Well, now they're telling the world, we're going to inoculate uh, 1.2 million of our troops or whatever with the anthrax, and they're not making any bones about it. Um, I am sorry, but I don't think we got what we thought we were getting. I don't think we will ever know what we got. I do believe it's a problem because those of, like myself that got sick that did not serve in the Persian Gulf uh, had to have gotten it either from the exposure to the troops or the immunizations, either one. And by the way, for everybody wondering why this has not been carried on the news, it recently broke in the news in Spokane, Washington. KREM-TV, a CBS affiliate with Tom Grant, broke the entire story. Ten segments, if you're, you know, and you can get that. Art, you would be amazed at what he told on the air. For the first time in America, somebody had the, the guts to stand up and tell the truth about the Gulf War illness, uh, KREM uh, News 2 CBS affiliate in Spokane, and I commend them heartily. All right. Maybe there will be more of it. West of the Rockies, you're on the air with Joyce Riley. Hi. Hi, this is Mike. I'm from uh, Tacoma, Washington. Yes, Mike. Yeah, Joyce, uh, I was served in the, in the Gulf over there in the 3rd Armored Division, 3-8 Cav. And uh, I was there from December of 90 until June of 91. And I haven't heard anything about the kind of uh, illnesses. I've had a couple uh, things go on here with uh, like a cyst. And uh, they spurred up on my, my hands and my feet. And I've had a couple of my groin area there. Mm-hmm. And uh, I haven't heard anything about that. And well, I'm not the kind of person that will go out and and go seek medical attention, you know, I just kind of treat it myself. Sure, and you're like most of the guys, really, because when these little things come up, you don't pay any attention to them. Well, those cysts, if they're removed, will probably come back. That's what I'm getting reports That's of. what happened to me. They keep coming back or it leaves a scar, uh-huh. a real hard scar. That's right. And uh, some of these cysts are turning into tumors. There has now been, and I don't want to scare you all, but I want to tell you there is a confidential not-for-release document from the VA that shows that there is over a 600% increase in the tumor rates in the active duty military from 91 to 94. Now, that is horrendous. That is horrendous that yeah. you haven't been told about that, and Representative Shays has that information. But, yes, tumors and cysts, it's a, it's a very big problem. We don't know why. Again, is it, is it biological? Is it chemical? Is it depleted uranium? I don't know. What kind of worries me is that uh, I, I have a rash on my calves uh, also at Sometimes uh, at night my arms go numb. I'll wake up and my, my whole arm is just numb. Okay, now that's and I'm wondering the... if it's something that's internal that I can't feel or, or know about. That's one of the biggest symptoms reported is your arms going numb at nighttime. Hopefully it will not progress uh, to the daytime where your arms can be numb in the daytime also. No, once you exercise, they're okay. Right, exactly, once you move around. Now, I had that problem terribly. It drives you up a wall. Right. Um, but hopefully yours won't get any worse. Mine did get better, and I'm fine now, so mm-hmm. uh, I hope it works for you too. Right. Also, I uh, I read something or I, I heard it on the radio, I'm not sure, a uh, letter that's supposed to go out to... Uh, veterans of the Gulf War uh, to go see 
uh, medical attention from the VA hospital. I haven't received one myself, and I'm retired, like I said. Most people haven't. Even the people that were at the Panacea Bunker have not received that letter. I've got a list really? of all the people, 20,867 that are supposed to receive that um uh, letter that were at Camasia from 4 to 15 of March of 91. Unfortunately, most of them have not received the letter. I have seen a couple of them. Um, but the, 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 the whole problem is, so what if you get a letter? They're going to send you in, they're going to evaluate you, take your blood, and not treat you. And I'm, unfortunately, I'm sorry. I know what's going on. All right. East of the Rockies, you're on the air with Joyce Riley. Hi. Uh, good morning. Good morning. Dan Rather and CBS is listening to you, Art. And we the people, because this last night, evening news, he, Dan Rather, mentioned for first time mysterious lights being seen near Long Island by two different airline pilot crews on two different airlines. Right, sir. Well, that has nothing to do with me. That is a report by a commercial airliner that saw something that uh, they are concerned might have been, they didn't say it, a missile something. Uh, but that doesn't relate to what we're talking about. First time caller line, you're on the air. Hello. Hi. Yes, sir. Uh, my name is Dave. I'm from uh, Taylor, Michigan. Yes, sir. Um, I was uh, in the Gulf War. I was in uh, the Marines. I was in uh, 3rd Battalion, 9th Marines. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering, Joyce, if anybody from that unit or 1st Marine Division, a lot of them have come down with this because I don't think I have any symptoms. I've not heard from your particular unit, so it sounds like they're – I mean, I just haven't heard from anybody in that unit, so I'm glad you're doing well. Okay. Very good. I'm just – Worried. I don't want to have something coming down the line or anything like that. You know. I just... Well, you may, you may be one of the safe units, so go ahead and get the video anyway. At least you'll have the information. Okay. Everybody. All right. Um, so back to the the phones. Not a lot of time. West of the Rockies. You're on the air with Joyce Riley. Hi. This is Minnie from Denver, Colorado. Yes. I have a daughter was in the Gulf War, and um, I worked for the VA during the Agent Orange thing. And they have this problem that the veteran can't sue the government if he pays the lawyer more than $10. We've got to get rid of that law. And I suggest everybody call their congressmen and the senators, write letters, and object to that so that uh, lawyers could go to work on behalf of the veterans. Well, there is that. And then there is the question to you, Joyce, and that is, uh, a lot of people are sitting out there this morning absolutely horrified at all this. How do they help? Okay, great. Please call Representative Shays of Connecticut. I don't have his number handy, but call the Congress switchboard. Tell Congressman Shays you want Joyce Riley and Dr. Goss, Dr. Larry Goss, to testify before the oversight hearings. We need to get the truth out, and thus far they have not allowed me to present this evidence. I am not afraid that anyone can refute what I say, but they will not let me before the Oversight Committee. This information needs to get out, and America deserves to know the truth. Also, I'm going to be in Missoula, Montana tomorrow night to see the Gulf War veterans there and at the University of Montana on Saturday night. We have got to have America's help to do this. And I thank you so much, Art, for this opportunity. Why in the world won't they let you testify? That's insane. I don't know. I've sent them my evidence. I've sent them my material. I have testified before the Presidential Advisory Commission, uh, which, by the way, I told them all the truth about the Gulf War illness that we know. They did not include it in their interim report. And uh, thus far, they spent $82 million. Clinton has spent, I'm sorry, $89 million proving there is no Gulf War illness. That's a lot of money. That would be a lot of treatment, wouldn't it? Art, I could have done, I could have proven it for $36.40 in copying charges. 
So I guess you just conclude they don't want to hear the truth. They don't want America to know the truth because we have a communicable illness just like every one of your callers have talked about called fibromyalgia, called polymyositis, called Gulf War illness and chronic fatigue. It is out there. It's getting worse. And they don't want you to know that we have had this evidence since 1993. And they have failed to tell you, and it is criminal intent. It is treason. Uh, you know, if you did read a classified document, uh, you are uh, certainly an irritation to them. Uh, Joyce, are you concerned uh, they may come a-knocking? You know, Art, at this point, there's a million Gulf War veterans' lives at stake. I am sure that I'm going to be found guilty of some unbelievable crime, probably, that I never even knew anything about. I am sure that I will be removed from the scene somehow. We have said over and over that, in fact, I call George Bush when I'm on the radio in Houston and say, do not think that silencing our story will silence the issue. It will only make us stronger. Because America now knows about this, and we're not going to stop. And if I have to confront the Pentagon directly, and in fact, I'd like for you to have Dr. Stephen Joseph on, I would love to debate him from the Pentagon as to what in the world they think they're doing by trying to lie to the American public because they have access to the major media. They can tell America that black is white and America's believing it. That's the sad part. That really is the sad part. It is. And, you know, you had Dr. Lynn Horowitz on your program, which I must commend you for. The guy has a tremendous book out called Emerging Viruses, and oh, there yes. you will see more of the ugly truth. It is there. America, avail yourself. And we must do something because, aren't they, have crossed the line in the sand. You know, I got letters after the last program of World War II pilots, and literally this one guy said, I'm listening to Art Bell, and I'm writing to you, and the blotches on this paper are the tears that I cannot control. I had no idea this was going on. I can never trust my government again. I had many very similar responses. Joyce, um, it's, I'd like to say it's been a pleasure, but it's been kind of a horror uh, having you on, uh, and yet a, a pleasure to have you here personally. We will have you on again. I wish you well in your quest. Stay safe out there. God bless you. Thank you very much. Take care. That's Joyce Riley, folks. All right. If you would like a copy of this program, it is a three-hour program. Uh, it's very important to note. Uh, you would want to request the three-hour program with Joyce Riley. It's good documentation. Kind of a horror, wasn't it? You're listening to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Tonight featuring a replay of Coast to Coast AM from December 12, 1996.
listening to Art Bell Somewhere in Time on Premier Radio Networks. Tonight, an encore presentation of Coast to Coast AM from December 12th, 1996. You're not going to believe this. You're just not going to believe it. But I'm afraid we've got proof. Coming up in a moment, Joyce Raleigh was absolutely correct, and we've got the proof. We'll get to all that in a moment. Streamlink, the audio subscription service of Coast to Coast AM, has a new name, Coast Insider. You'll still get all the same great features for the same low price, just 15 cents a day when you sign up for one year. The package includes podcasting, which offers the convenience of having shows downloaded automatically to your computer or MP3 player, and the iPhone app with live and on-demand programs. You'll also get our amazing download library of three full years of shows. Just think. As a new subscriber, over 1,000 shows will be available for you to collect, enjoy, and listen to at your leisure. Plus, you'll get streamed and on-demand broadcasts of Art Bell's Somewhere in Time shows and two weekly classics. And as a member, you'll have access to our monthly live chat sessions with George Norrie and special guests. If you're a fan of Coast, you won't want to be without Coast Insider. Visit coasttocoastam.com to sign up today. You never know what you'll hear on Coast to Coast AM with George Norrie. You know, there is terrorism out there. So in an effort to try to fight it or combat it, we give up these rights. I'm convinced that there are groups out there, sinister, powerful groups, that would create this terror to continue to control us. I think you're absolutely correct. But of course... Anybody that's followed the process of government throughout history, once a government has been given a certain amount of power, it always seeks more. And to suggest that our government is different because it's America, I guess that just shows how historically ignorant the American people have become. Because in a real sense, these things are our fault. Americans are, in fact, now trading liberty for security. Every day, this is going to happen now in our future, that we're going to allow this. It's just a matter of time. You're listening to Art Bell Somewhere in Time on Premier Radio Networks. Tonight, an encore presentation of Coast to Coast AM from December 12th, 1996. Do you remember when Robert Morningsky, a couple of mornings ago, said men and women will be confused by a fog or a blanket that comes over them? Do you remember that? Uh, let me read you something that I just got from Gene in Salem, Oregon. Art, I just looked it up. 50 U.S. Code S1520 says the DOD may conduct tests involving the use of chemical or biological agents on civilian populations. All that the statute requires before these tests may be conducted is that, one, the armed services committees of both houses of Congress are notified, and, two, that the test may not begin until 30 days after local civilian officials are notified. The statute does not define local officials, nor 
does it require notification to the public? Now, this is so incredible that my inclination when Joyce said it, and even now, would be to say, uh-uh, I don't believe it. That's insanity. I don't believe it. Well, if you go up to my webpage right now, we already have a link in to the Cornell Law School, uh, which I'm sorry to say will verify everything I just said. You can read it for yourself. You can read it for yourself. The link is on my webpage now. God, have we lost our damn minds? Have we truly lost our minds? Why in God's name would there be a provision allowing chemical and biological testing on U.S. civilian populations? Have they lost their minds? Go take a look. Make a copy. Show it to your friends. Frame it. I swear to God, I don't know what's going on around here anymore. I really don't know what's going on anymore. I just can't believe that this could be true. And yet it's true. Don't take my word for it. Thank God for the Internet. I'm beginning to think it's only, the only defense we've got against general insanity. Somebody must have brought insanity back. Maybe that's spreading as a communicable disease. Insanity. <laughs> Their minds. I just, you know, I don't know what to say about this. Except go see for yourself. Open lines, I guess. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. Hello. I'm on the air. Yes, you are. Okay. Turn I your radio play. off. Turn your radio off. Hello. Can't talk until you get it off. Uh, if if it stays on, I got to move on. Oh, I got it. We're on the air. Uh, bye. First time caller line. You're on the air. Hi, I'm calling from Illinois, and I can't believe I got through like everyone everyone else says. Um, you were talking about uh, people must be going insane that they're, they've passed this bill to arbitrarily spray the civilians. No, look, that's even past insane to me. And I, I swear to you, ma'am, I wouldn't have believed it, but I just went on my own webpage. Link, uh, Keith got the link up there. I yeah. went up there on my own webpage and read it. Yeah, I heard you say that. Well, maybe somebody else besides our own government wants to take over the country, and the best way to get rid of the people is to get rid of their line of defense first. So they're going after the military person. What the hell are they doing? Going to war with us? Well, it's a uh, different kind of war. Now you can't just shrug this off. What do you mean, well, they're going to spray the American people with bombs? Well, I'm not shrugging it off. They're out of their I'm damn not minds. shrugging it off at all. I'm horrified at this. But I'm saying if somebody wanted to come in and take over the country, what better way of doing it? You get rid of the military, and then you get rid of half the populace. Yeah, but this is our government. It may be a portion of the government. She said that some of the officials didn't know about it themselves. Uh, you might also consider that if this bill's been in effect all of last year, this may account for your mutated frogs, too. I feel like, well, all right, ma'am, thank you very much for the call. Let me roll over this with you again. You want to see it? You want to see it? 
on up to the web, take a look. Don't take my word for it. It's a link to uh, uh, the Cornell Law School. I'm going to read it again. Art Bell, I just looked it up. 50 USCS 1520 says the DOD may conduct tests involving the use of chemical or biological agents on civilian populations. All the statute requires before these tests may be conducted is that, one, the armed services committees of both houses of Congress are notified. Two, the test may not begin until 30 days after local civilian officials are notified. The statute does not define local officials, nor does it require notification to the public. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. No, I guess you're not. Uh, wild Card Line, you're on the air. Good morning. Yes, uh, this is uh, Thomas from Elmendorf, Alaska. Hello, Thomas. Hi, um... I joined the service in 92, which is right after all was said and done. Um, but now my wife has uh, one of the symptoms of Gulf War Syndrome. And I wanted to know uh, it's a myofascial uh, chronic pain syndrome, which is basically the same thing as the other. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're treating it with Elevil. Now, all right, now look, I, I can't answer these questions. Joyce Riley perhaps could have. Uh, but I can't. And uh, the best advice I could give you is to call that number and okay. and get information from uh, uh, Joyce. Okay. All right? Thanks. Thank you very much. I, I don't dispense medical advice. I'm not qualified. And so if you call me up and say I'm taking the following for the following symptoms, I, I wish I could help you, but that's not my field. Wild card line, you're on the air. Hello, Art. This is uh, Downtown Dave from Anchorage, Alaska. Yes, sir. God, what's going on, Art? I don't know. I swear, I don't know. Man, uh, I've got a suggestion. Um, I've been studying health food products, and uh, they talk about the doxycycline uh, used in treating the uh, mycoplasma incognitus. Mm. And my suggestion and my research has shown that uh, colloidal silver is killing over 650 pathogens and viruses. And that, uh, you know, you found out uh, in the British Medical Journal about the antibiotics taking on... Uh, I've heard a lot of good things about colloidal silver. Yeah, and I really think that that might be uh, one of our only hopes. And also another substance called Immunol 500, uh, that's a liver oil from the deep sea sharks off the coast of Scandinavia. Mm -hmm. And if I could mention it, it's uh, one of the most effective things to boost the immune system. It has alkoxyglycerols, and those are the main things found in our human immune system that boost our immune system. All right. Well, I appreciate the word, sir. Thank you. Well, there are a lot of alternative uh, treatments that have a lot of value out there. There's absolutely no question about it. And, uh, the problem is there are so many now that, you know, like what's a mother to do? How, how do you know what to turn to? Everybody makes claims, and there are so many that it's becoming very confusing for somebody trying to figure out what kind of treatment uh, in the alternative arena to pursue. First time caller line, you're on the air. Yes, hi, Art. Let me get my radio. Man, I wish I could have gotten a hold of earlier. Uh, this is Gary out in Modesto, California. Yes, Gary. How are you doing tonight? Well, you're listening. Yeah. Um... I wish I could have got on earlier. I just have a question. Did she mention anything about, uh, uh, what was it, um, 
about the length of uh, exposure. I, I, I served in uh, the Navy, and I did uh, two tours in the uh, in the Gulf region, mm-hmm. and this was pretty much afterwards when we were uh, filling forts in the UN sanctions. Right. And because I mean, she mentioned something that kind of really got my antennas up, and the um, about the hair trigger um, anger. Yes. And I've, no, I've this has been remarked in a couple, couple members of my family that. You know, my anger has, I mean, it's like, as they put it, my Bravo Sierra tolerance has gone way down. Mm-hmm. And did she, I mean, I, I don't show any other symptoms as far as I know, but... No, nothing about length of exposure, but it sounds to me as though you, uh, just based on what you told me, you probably ought to call that number. I'll give it out again for Gulf War vets. It's uh, 281-587-5437. She'll give you a copy of that tape if you're a Gulf War vet, free of charge. A 281-587-5437. First time caller line, you're on the air. Hello. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Good morning. Hello. Hello. Um, Where are you? I'm calling from Birmingham, Alabama. Birmingham, yes, sir. Um, I've been listening to you tonight. You were talking to that lady named Joyce. Yes. Okay. Uh, I'm a cab driver, and uh, I work at the Birmingham Airport. And uh, about halfway between Birmingham and Atlanta, in a town called Anniston. Yes, I've heard of it. There's a military base called Fort McClellan. Right. Okay. They have two schools there. They have the MP school, and they have the chemical and biological weapons school. Mm-hmm. Okay, back in the summer, I picked up a man at the airport in Birmingham, and I took him to Fort McClellan, which is not uncommon. That happens all the time. Sure, sure, I'm sure it does. Okay, while we were on the way, we got to talking, and uh, one thing led to another. And uh, he happened to mention that he was an instructor at the Biological and Chemical Weapons School. Yes. And uh, he told me that he was going to tell me some things that he wasn't supposed to, but he wasn't going to tell me his name. So what did he tell you? He told me that there definitely was biological weapons used in the Gulf War. Our side, their side, both? He he didn't say. Mm -hmm. But he did say that they were definitely used, and he said that if I said anything and it got back to him, he would deny it. Well, fortunately, you've kept your mouth shut. Yeah. All right, sir. Thank you very much. I think it's becoming pretty clear that uh, they were used. Did we use them? I don't have evidence of that. I don't know. Were they used? Obviously. A government that would test biological and chemical agents against its own population, its own population, (laughs) <laughs> this is not the America I knew. First time caller line, you're on the air. Hello. Uh, hello. Hello, Art. That's me. Uh, this is Don from Winona, Minnesota. Yes, Don. I've got the number for Congressman Shea. All right, well, I can't let you give it on the air because I'd have to check it out first. We can't afford to give out a wrong okay, number. Okay, Joyce Riley, give it to me. Mm-hmm. All I've right, sir. with Joyce. Now, here's some other suggestions what we're doing up here in Minnesota. We're contacting our senators, getting them on it. We've given them the tapes. 
contacting the state legislatures and getting them on it, uh, working on this thing to get something done in Washington, and we've we've been working all over Wisconsin, Michigan, uh, Minnesota, Iowa. We also are having uh, uh, some of these uh, uh, television stations that are public access that are playing the tape, and it's getting the word out. Good. Good, so sir. we're getting a lot of movement on here. That's the only, it's the only way you're going to get things done. Uh, we really got to appreciate what Joyce is doing. All right, sir. Thank you. I also recommend you quickly go take a look at this uh, statute. You know, uh, this is past the point, in my opinion, of a debatable atrocity. I mean, this is so horrible... That it's it's, I just I you know if a caller had called up, and said, "Hey, Art, did you know there's a statute that allows our own government to uh, experiment with biological and chemical weapons on the general U.S. population?" I I would have uh, responded with absolute, utter, complete disbelief. It's insanity. Actual insanity. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Going once, gone. Wild card line, you're on the air. Good morning. Oh, good morning, Art. Yes, sir. Yeah, we're talking about disease tonight, right? Uh, where are you calling from? Oh, KEX in Portland. These are open lines. You talk about anything you want. Okay. Uh, well, you know about... Uh, the bubonic plague that was uh, acquired by this gentleman that... Yes, uh, the man who bought the bubonic plague from uh, a lab, yes, uh-huh. Well, you know, there's still no law against buying it that way? Um, that's right. I believe there has been no real change since that uh, documented case of the man who just um, ordered up bubonic plague, you know, the culture. Here you go, twenty nine ninety five, plus shipping and handling. Arrives a couple days later, all refrigerated and ready for culturing. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. Hello. Yes, turn your radio off, please. All right. I'll do that right now. Standing by. All right. See? Somebody, another case of somebody who doesn't have their radio nearby. All right. All right. Goodbye. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. Hey, Art. How you doing? Fine. Scott from Nashville, WTN. Yes, sir. Oh, uh, what a country, huh? What a country. Well, this is beyond the pale. I don't understand how in the world that we can sit here and listen to this. I, my blood is just boiling right now. I don't I, understand how I our know. country has gotten this bad. I just want to almost bring back all the forefathers and just let them look at, the, look at what this country has become. It's like this is not the America I remember even just a few years ago. Yeah, yeah. It can't be true. Well, I, guess, I, I don't know what else we can do about it except to just sit here and hopefully enough people will get involved and we can just take this country back. I don't know. We don't need to do it by force. We just need to get involved. In it. I feel like punching somebody. Yeah. I, you it, know, that's what it makes you feel like. You feel like punching somebody. And the thing about it is it's always a few people. It's always a few people that get a lot of power in and go crazy and it just... No, but there can't possibly be a statute allowing experimentation on the general American public. There yeah. can't be. If I didn't know any better, I'd think I was in Nazi Germany. <laughs> <laughs> I 
It, it is God. ridiculous. It's ridiculous is right. All right. I've got to run. Look, I'm in a chat room right now. AOL, if you want to join in, you're welcome to. It's uh, Just enter keyword Art Bell. We're in the uh, Periscope area, the Grassy Knoll chat room. Come on in. You're listening to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time, on Premier Radio Networks. Tonight, an encore presentation of Coast to Coast AM from December 12th, 1996. Bell somewhere in time. Tonight featuring a replay of Coast to Coast AM from December 12th, 1996. If you feel a need to talk with others, and that's about half of why I do it, uh, hearing this kind of information, I, I surely do understand that. Uh, that's why we've opened up in a chat room. If you'd like to join us, you're certainly welcome to. It's on America Online. And uh, with their new policy... Uh, that is to say, whatever it is, 17, 19, 95 or something for unlimited uh, online time. I think it's going to perk up the chat rooms considerably. And besides, when you're hearing these kinds of things, you really do need to talk to somebody else about it. Otherwise, you get feeling the way I do anyway. And I swear, uh, there are not that many times I feel violent. But, you know, I read something like this, and I'd like to punch somebody. I'd like to lay somebody right out. How the hell can our own government do this? How can they do it? I mean, out in the open, there it is. Somebody just sent me a fax. Why shouldn't the government test weapons against its enemies? In other words, the citizens. <laughs> you know, I was in the Air Force. Uh, I came up the old-fashioned way, and I just, I'm breathless. I can't believe this could be true, and yet there it is, and we've got a link to it. Go read it. It's on the web page. Link right up there to uh, the Cornell Law uh, link, and, and you can read this statute. <laughs> it's insane. you got to laugh lest you cry. Uh, at any rate, if you want to join us in the chat room, it's on American Online, and um, it's in an area called Periscope. Periscope. And... You can get there by going online and just hitting keyword, and then when you get keyword, type in Art Bell, 
or type in Periscope. Either way, you'll go to the Periscope area, and then when you get there, click on Grassy Knoll Chat Room. I've always thought that was a pretty cool name for a chat room, the Grassy Knoll. So there you are. Streamlink, the audio subscription service of Coast to Coast AM, has a new name. Coast Insider, you'll still get all the same great features for the same low price. The package includes podcasting, which automatically downloads shows for you, and the iPhone app. You'll also get our amazing download library of three full years of shows. That's over a thousand shows for you to collect and enjoy. If you're a fan of Coast, you won't want to be without Coast Insider. Visit coasttocoastam.com to sign up. Weird stories on the radio? Must be Coast to Coast AM with George Norrie. What do you think about disclosure? I have said all along it's not coming from official sources. It'll come from whistleblowers. I can't figure it out. Can you? They know they're sitting on something, and they know they can't keep it hidden forever. The so-called disclosure is happening almost daily. It's like the thing is accelerating. I think disclosure is sort of happening all around us to the point where, you know, everybody kind of goes, okay, we know they're here. What's for dinner, honey? Now, let's go back to the night of December 12, 1996, on Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Well, all right, here we go. Um, there's a headline, a lead story this morning uh, in some places, uh, not leads in other, in other places. The um, a Saudi... Arabian Airlines crew saw what they described as a flare-like object. Now, interestingly, the headline here on Reuters is, Airline Flare Sighting Reported. Airline Flare Sighting Reported. How do they know it was a flare? I wonder. It was a 747 flying, I understand, near the same area as the other airliner. Now, if that's true, they would have been at some altitude. Now, I don't know a lot about flares. But if they were at 10,000 feet or more, there aren't too many flares that uh, an airliner, I would think, would even see. Oh, they might, if they were looking almost straight down or at an angle from it. But it certainly wouldn't appear threatening, would it? Or was this aircraft closer to Kennedy, closer to landing or taking off? I don't know. <laughs> or is there something out there? Is there something out there? Now, this is, what, the second time that a major airliner has reported such an incident? Could there be something out there waiting, praying? On our airliners? I don't know. Is that an unreasonable assumption? East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hi. Hello. Good morning, Art. Good morning. Um, I just had two uh, kind of follow-up questions for you. Um, I was curious if you ever heard anything back from uh, the gentleman, I think, in Arkansas, who uh, had... had uh... No, I have many times now uh, said the same thing, sir. I got a... Uh, a fax from him indicating he had been attacked, physically attacked, the entity released, and then he gave me a number, and I've tried that number a gazillion times, and I can't get hold of him. That is as far as it has gone. Okay. I, I remember you saying that uh, that you weren't going to be able to get a hold for him 
or a hold of him for about a week. Well, that's right. He sent me a number that he said would be good in a week, and when that week went by, I've been trying it every day. Okay. I, I didn't hear that. Okay. Now you know. Um, the other thing I wanted to ask, have you ever heard of anyone that had successfully sued the United States government to uh, have the money returned to them that they had paid into Social Security? Um, no, I have not, sir, uh, but that doesn't mean that it has not occurred. I think, I think that there are people who have successfully withdrawn from the Social Security program. Now, I, I'm not sure that there are people who have uh, recovered their money. I, I, w I would tend to doubt that one, but who knows. Wildcard Line, you're on the air. Yes, hi, Art. Hello. Uh, say, I've got that same exact document. Uh, that you got. In fact, I was trying to uh, get it over to you, but Keith kind of beat me uh, to it. Well, now it's available for everybody. Right. But it, it, it does it strike you as surreal that there could even be such a thing? It, it, it's actually unbelievable, you know. It really is, but it's absolutely on the net. I had really no trouble finding it. Yeah. I was trying to call you when uh, Miss uh, Riley was on the show. It's real as a heart attack. I mean, this is a document saying they can experiment on us. Yeah, now there's something else I've got to tell you. Uh, I have, uh, have a friend, okay, and he uh, was involved in the radiation experiments the government conducted a few years back. And I uh, did some research uh, on the Internet and found his file and got those to him. But he is in uh, a suit with the government uh, over this radiation experiments that were done on him. Uh, a number of years well, there ago. are people who, yes, many, uh, who were experimented upon. Thank you. Children, pregnant women, and I know this is, it marks a very, very small difference, but at least they kept the damn thing secret, and it was revealed years later. Hazel O'Leary came forth and said, oh, yes, um, we did this, we did this, and we did that, and we're not proud of it, and that's that. And that was then, and this is now, and now... They just say it straight out. <laughs> you make it part of the, uh, make it the law. God, we've lost our minds. I'm telling you, this is way beyond the pale. This is so awful. Maybe I'm, I'm not misreading this. I know I'm not misreading this. Go take a look yourself. It's, there's a link right down on my webpage. It will take you to the Cornell Li uh, Law Library, and you will read... Um, you'll be able to read this particular uh, section of code. It's real. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello, Art. Hello. Uh, with regard to the government te uh, testing biological weapons on civilians. And, and chemicals. Yeah, and chemicals. Well, it doesn't surprise me. As a matter of fact, you may recall, about it's been about a decade ago, there was this huge scandal uh, about uh, the government testing uh, chemical and biological weapons on civilians in the subways of New York. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was but, but, sir, but, but, sir, but, sir, but, sir, that was a scandal. Yes. I mean, we've gone from, it's a scandal, oh, God, we did it, it was awful, to let's make it part of the law mm -hmm. and just do it on a regular basis. Exactly. Now, you'd think they would have learned something. Another thing uh, about the use of biological weapons during the Gulf War, um, whoever, who, where, there's a, it is now an open question as to who 
release those weapons. Because uh, if Saddam Hussein had used those weapons, uh, then we would have heard, probably would have heard about uh, Israelis coming down with with the uh, Gulf War syndrome. Well, I, uh, the Israelis, sir. Because um, remember those scuds that were fired at yeah, Israel. Yeah, but she said there was one scud, uh, to the best of her knowledge, I believe, that um, uh, contained some chemical weapons and no biologicals. That's what Joyce Raleigh said. Mm -hmm. And if you remember, and, and the, Israelis, the United States did its damnedest to keep Israel from retaliating. That's right. And, and possibly retaliating with its nukes. That's that's right. That's right. And so maybe we were just following our own policy. And uh, even though chemicals and biologicals were used, uh, we didn't make it public, so we wouldn't have to retaliate as we were trying to prevent the Israelis from doing. And the U.S. did issue a very public warning to Saddam to not use those weapons against us, well, otherwise there would have been apparently, a Swiss retaliation. Apparently it was public BS. Mm-hmm. Wasn't it? Yes. Public BS. Thank you very much uh, for the call. What what the hell good are nuclear devices if you're not going to use them? Hmm? What good is the deterrent, the threat, if you're not, if you don't have the backbone to use it? East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Yeah, um, are you familiar with Laura? I can barely hear you, sir. Are you aware of Laura Day in California? No. Okay, you might want to seek her out. She did a lot of research with the Four Corners region. Yes. Okay, there's your first example. That was a pneumonic plague virus. It's the same pneumonic plague virus that appeared at Surat, India. Also in Chile, they've had several outbreaks. So you're seeing an example of this um, Sir, U.S. Doesn't it, doesn't it, doesn't, doesn't it, sir, doesn't it bother you a little bit that there's U.S. code saying they can do this to civilians? Oh, Art, it's your own quickening here. It's all about, you know, power and who shall rule. It's not the quickening. It is the quickened. <laughs> Jeez. But you're, but you're looking at it right there. It's about power and who shall rule. And if things are going to go, you know, uh, in a disorganized fashion, of course the government wants these little rules to whip out of their black book. Little rules. Little rules. Uh, little rules. <laughs> I'm flabbergasted. This week has been too much. First time caller line, you're on the air. Hello. Hi, Art. This is a uh, excuse me, this is Greg in San Francisco. Uh, yes, hi, Greg. Long-time listener, uh, first time caller. Yes, sir. Um, the reason that I was calling, I was listening tonight, and... Uh, uh, excuse me, I'm a little nervous. Um, when I when I hear about like the Gulf War disease, it always reminds me of people like going back to the time before the war when they first heard about it, and they were upset that we were even going there. And Saddam Hussein is still there, and you know these people are like our soldiers, and we send them over there to fight a war, and people get hurt. And I'm not advocating that that these people are sick. You know, I mean. Sorry, I'm just really passionate about this. Um, it just makes me mad because this is not, you know, I mean, I listen to your show and, you know, like I hear people talking about, you know, the government dupes us or people dupe us. And it's like, man, you know, I, I have like so many instances where this has happened to people year after year. There's always something that comes up. 
and you know, I mean, you know, Look, I uh, let me put it like, to you this way, sir. There was a time when at least we had the illusion that our government was fairly moral. <laughs> fairly moral. We have that illusion. We had the illusion that when the FBI said something, you could generally believe it. We have the illusion that when we as a nation did something, there was a moral principle behind it. Try and explain to me, if you can, the morality of a provision, a statute, that allows experimentation with chemical and biological weapons on civilian populations. Good God. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. Going once, going twice, gone. First time caller line, you're on the air. Hi, Art. How you doing? Well, you're listening, right? Yeah. So you know. This is Brian from St. Louis. Hi, Brian. Hey, Art, I wanted to run something by you. All right. Okay. A few years, a few years back, during the Rodney King, the aftermath of the trial, Yes. I noticed something, um, and it reminded me of uh, when I was uh, when I was a kid. I had an operation and was administered uh, uh, an an, uh, an anesthetic. Anesthetic, sir. Anesthetic. Thank you. Um, during that time, uh, in the aftermath of the Rodney King trial, I noticed I, I smelled a, an odor, okay, in the air, and I also. <laughs> I felt fatigued, and I was just wondering. I've always had this thought that maybe um, <laughs> the government put something in the air to, uh, shall we say, uh, calm down the populace during the uh, during the aftermath of the uh, of the of the trial. That was Are you time. in L.A.? No, I, I'm in St. Louis, sir. But I and I. Well, I doubt I, they would drop it on St. Louis to control things. In... Well, no, no, no. I, what, well, we did have a lot of problems here. That. that oh yes, okay. That didn't. I, go I see with... what you're driving at, and I, you know, it's not unreasonable to imagine. Look, not unreasonable at all. I mean, based on what we've got right here, um, hell yeah. I mean, why would they be experimenting on the American civilian population? Experimenting on us for what? Exactly, and and I've you know I've talked to, I've talked to friends around the country. And I just brought that up, and I didn't. I didn't indicate that that's what I had. That's what I had thought. And they, you know, I talked about them. They, then a lot of them, uh, one in Miami said, "Yeah, you know, I felt real fatigued, uh, tired, you know, around the same time." And I thought to myself, "Hmm, you know, it's just little things that you put together, and uh, it kind of gives you a big, you know, kind of gives you a big picture." But in my mind, I always had that. I always had that idea that maybe the urban areas, mm -hmm. the, the larger urban areas that they might have done something like that to quell the populace down. Well, maybe that's just one of the, uh, th th that would be, <sighs> well, listen, thanks for the call. Um, I've got to calm down to try to get my thoughts together. I'm too angry. I'm too angry. Oh, listen, if you want to uh, read a copy of the letter that was uh, the subject matter discussed during yesterday's program, it's on the webpage. If you want to see this utter insanity that seems so impossible but is obviously true, the link there to Cornell, uh, to the Cornell Law School is on my webpage now. I really, 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 before they take the link down or something, suggest you go get it, print it out, show it to your friends, stew about it yourself. I, I really don't know what I'm going to do about this, but I'm going to do something. 
They've lost their minds. Absolutely have lost their minds. Uh, so that's on the website. And I, you know, I haven't even really had an opportunity to say this because I've been so t angry. Uh, there were three really nice guys uh, down at Disneyland who did a really nice thing for me, and there's a photograph of them up on the website. Uh, so you can go take a look at that, too. It's a, something a little lighter in this heavy, heavy week. That's on the website. You can take a look at that. The website is www.artbell.com. www.artbell.com. First time caller line, you're on the air. Hi. I can't believe it. Really? Yeah. Well, anyway, this is a warmonger up here in Fairbanks, Alaska. Oh, you're a warmonger? Yeah, that's what they called me. I went to Nam, and then uh, back when the desert storm started, they were taking a poll on whether we should use an atomic bomb or not. And, I, and my opinion was if you're going to send soldiers out to fight, you should never... You know, not allow them to use something if necessary. I uh, actually hold the, I hold the same view, and it was yeah. particularly um, appropriate to consider it under the circumstances, and and right. certainly in retrospect, even more so. Well, the reason I was calling is uh, that woman in Seattle had mentioned about um, the little bit of a uh, illness that they picked up in November. Some people did. Yes. And I believe they used that uh, supposedly uh, because of their gasoline fumes and so forth to use that additive that supposedly brings down the the uh, poisons in the air. Well, they did that up here in Alaska. You know, that, stu yeah, that stuff smells, uh, smells absolutely foul. I mean, it is horrible oh, yeah. smelling. I well, used we... to kind of like the smell of gasoline. But... <laughs> well, they tried it. They used it up here, you know, and within two weeks we had the hospital with a bunch of people in it, really sick. Their lungs were burning and they couldn't figure out what the problem was and they are... are uh, you know, you know what, sir. You know what. You know what, sir. Maybe it's part of an experiment. You never know. <laughs> That's right. You never know. Hey, is it starting to get cold in Fairbanks? It's not too bad. It's actually warmed up a little bit today. It's running around zero. Oh, regular heat wave, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not bad. Look, I'm going to give you the honors. Well, how about that? Do it. A good night, to America, Canada, and everybody in the world. And God bless. And everybody in the world, God bless you. Yeah, that's good. Thank you very much. And I'm Art Bell from the high desert. Good night, all.